everybody back to the new disc colony the no tea low tea good time in the good time in a bucket man i think that was like the first one no tea low tea good time in a bucket hey we're the nudist colony we're a new metal discussion podcast my name is ross my name is brent good time in a bucket good time in hey a man bucket. let the good times roll brother you know let what i'm saying good times roll. yeah hey yeah Synergy. It's weird that you thought about that song. Today. I know it just like popped in my brain. I was driving in my car and weird. I was like, "This car's like the cars, the band." <laughs> I was listening to this Power Man 5000 album and it like got late into the album. It's like I got to turn this down real quick because I just had this like vivid thought like, "Here in my car, I feel safest of all." Wow! I nailed the cover reference. Pretty. Yeah, that's really pretty. Yeah, thanks. I wrote it myself. It's better when gravity kills Rory. <laughs> If we had huh? like actual listeners who were like into music, they would be like incensed on like several different levels. It'd be like being pissed off in inception terms, right. you know? Yeah. I know it was Gary Newman. Mm-hmm. He makes Make a salad joke. dressing, you know? <laughs> Rice music makes salad dressing. Um, so uh, before we started recording, uh, you were showing me uh, some some Gundam models you got on clearance from Target. Yeah, I'm a 40 year old man. I went to Target to buy some uh, cat food and some cat litter, and I walked out with two Gundam wing models and a um, Boba Fett action figure. Great, L- truly living life to its fullest. I got the I got the cat litter and the and the cat food. <laughs> So I didn't worry. even ask about that. I was just concerned about the toys. Well, I would yeah. love it if like you went home and your wife was like, Now, Ross, <laughs> where's the cat litter in the cat Hold on, did my wife get in here? Yeah. Baby, I'm coming home. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'd love it if you like forgot all that stuff because you got sidetracked by <laughs> buying like toys. I almost you know? did. I mean, it's they're they're pretty solid, you know? And, and for like, what, $9 and $11, hashtag never forget? Yeah, they were marked way, way. They were yeah. like over half off. These prices are falling, much like... I can't afford not to buy yeah. them. My wife's going to love... My, love, my wife loves it when I bring uh, plastic toys home. Yeah. But like also, you can be like, Look, I'm going to be out of your hair for like a few days at minimum, exactly. right? I got shit to do. You so know? That's why I tell her with Legos. I'm like, hey, oh, cool mm. thing I did today. Oh, here or, we go. Well, this week. Here we go. Um, so I've been selling some of my Legos. If uh, Listeners, uh, new listeners, I'm oh. a Lego fiend, somewhat of a Lego fiend, uh, mainly Lego Star Wars, but I do, I do venture out. I really like the botanical collection. Um, uh, but I, uh, had, uh, just randomly, uh, picked up a bunch of mini figs. So, so these are, uh, uh, Lego will release, uh, waves of mini figs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're just random. So it'll be like cyclist, astronaut, ghost, you know, it'll just sex be sex worker, sex worker, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> um, uh, but it's just a turd. <laughs> it's just a poop emoji. Well, well, uh, well, blonde like hair piece you put on it. Yeah, um, and he's frowning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they just superimposed his mugshot onto it. <laughs> um, uh, no, but 
what the fuck was I talking about? Legos and you're selling Lego. Them and- oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like, I need to get rid of some of these. I got way too many. And I, I had bought a bunch of these uh, mini figs because they were on like crazy discount. They were like 50 cents a piece. So I just like oh. grabbed a handful of them. Normally they go for about five or six bucks, right? Well, it's really bizarre. In the Lego world, uh, if you have a misprint, like if uh, uh, you had, like for instance, the uh, minifig that I got was the conservationist, and he's, he kind of looks like Steve Irwin's son a little bit, mm-hmm. and he's got a little bamboo thing, and, and you, you get a little, you get a little uh, koala that sticks on the bamboo thing, right? Mm-hmm. A little cute koala. Well, yeah. the koala's face is misprinted, right? So it's like it's like down on his chest. So instead of his, his face being on his chest, <laughs> weird. So, so normally you would think, oh well, shit, this mm-hmm. is like this is fucking mm-hmm. who wants this, right? Within the Lego community, misprints are a huge fucking deal. Really? Big time. Hmm. Um, I sold this one little minifig with this little koala bear for $60 today. Damn. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. And there were like several people that were bidding on it. So it like kept going higher. And I was like, because I think it was set it for like 40 and it ended up going to uh, close to 60. Nice. Um, for just this, I paid like 50 cents for it. <laughs> Did you have to like bundle it up real good and, and whatnot? I haven't shipped it yet. It, it oh, just okay. closed today. So I'm going to try to go to the uh, post office tomorrow and or UPS, whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, get it boxed up and shipped out. You're just going to put it in a toilet tube, one yeah. of those like cardboard things? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> put some like scotch tape over the top of bottom and just. <laughs> Got a hot glue in in there. Like. <laughs> it's safe. You didn't move around. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's plastic. It's like you know, practically invincible. So, um, yeah, it'll be real easy to, to ship. But uh, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I started listening to some other Legos. This is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I started listening, uh, listening to a bunch of other Legos that I'm going to sell. Like, I've got some that are, there's a set that I bought for 300 I know, uh, $300, um, but it was a misprint. Mm. Um and again, those are worth like a ton of money. Uh, so I bought it for three hundred, and it's uh, going for uh, about five fifty, six hundred now. Damn! Uh, so about double its price. So um, uh, hopefully, hopefully, going to get that one sold as well. Nice. Uh, Damn. It, Legos are like almost a better investment than like CDs. Yeah. Compact discs. Mm-hmm. You know what CDs are? We we all do. Cash deposits. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Certificates of deposit. CODs. No, that's. Cash on demand. Well, I'm out of my element. <laughs> you got me, brother. You just got schooled. All right. So um, on today's hot plop episode, mm-hmm. uh, we are covering PM5K, a.k.a. Power Man 5000. Yes. Uh, the album Tonight, the stars revolt. Yeah, you got to hit that exclamation point at the end, right? Like, yeah. I love punctuation. Oh, me too. In a in a title, it's just it's fucking fun, dude. You it's know, it's a blast. It's it's the most fun you can have while jacking off. <laughs> True words, my friend. True <laughs> words. Oh boy! So this album came out on July. Wait, 20th, did you want to ask me something about uh, a toy store? Big Bad Toy Store, the online yes. retailer. I am familiar. Is, uh, is where we started with this. Uh, yeah, so I, I forgot we talked about this because that's where we saw the Mighty Mutanimal action figures. Yes. And uh, I've never bought anything off there. Uh-huh. But like sometimes when I have nothing to do, uh, like if I go shopping with my wife and you know we're just like, I'm just essentially her, her human purse following her around or whatever. Right. I'll pull up Big Bad Toy Store and be like, 
what do I want but won't buy today? I know. And there's like so much fucking stuff. I'm just like, I know. I'm so blown away that humans can like sculpt the stuff or like put the molds together or do, it's just like seems, yeah. it seems so like such like pure art to me, you know? And it, it it's even more so I think pronounced with our generation because of the toys that we had when we were little kids were so fucking shitty compared to what is available now. Mm-hmm. Like not even the sculpting, but just like the, the build of them. Yeah. Um, Like they're just so much more like technical. So many like, points of articulation mm-hmm. um it's wild i i just uh, i'm a 40 year old man and I, I i always walk through the toy store anytime i go to target or like toy or uh, uh uh walmart like i will make a trek down the action figure aisle every single time yeah i did that uh, over the weekend and i i just like i'm just gonna keep my hands in my pockets i'm going to walk down this aisle see all the cool fucking toys that are here and uh just leave without uh, taking my wallet out because I just, I have to do a cost benefit analysis, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's not just buying a single toy because right. with me, it's going to start something. Exactly. What yes, are the other figures available for this? Oh, they're all $40 a piece or whatever. <sighs> well, I got it. I got one, you know, I can't put them on a shelf and exactly. be lonely. Exactly. You gotta buy them all, right? Right. I'm telling you, if they make a... And I'm sure they will. They're probably pressing the molds right now for the uh, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to like that crossover right. where like the Rangers are dinosaurs and the Turtles are Power Rangers. I'm I just feel like, like I saw some. Is there not already action figures for the crossover? Like, uh, for, for the, the first, first one? one. Okay. The first okay. one. I, I think I thought I saw those. Yeah. It's taken every um, bit of my strength because I have seen them in the wild. I've held them in my hand, like oof, all of them at one time. They oof. were all there. I could have just like plunked down the ducats for it, but I was like, I can't. I've yeah. uh, got to buy my wife some Christmas presents. <laughs> I have been seriously considering just, just being like ripping the bandaid off and being like, I, I just got to buy all the mighty mutant animals. Cause what is that? Like six, six action figures, like yeah. $40 a piece. <laughs> I mean, if it's a two pack, you know, two pack, some say, uh, uh yeah i mean like this it's, it's absolutely hard. obscure limited run comic book from 35 years ago like, got, i feel this com- this compelling urge to buy all of them it sold so low that not only did they cancel the series they killed all the characters mm-hmm. <laughs> but now it's all i fucking want that's I, I i'm with you man you're telling me i can have a comics accurate dreadmon right now I, I, we've talked about mighty mutanimals yeah, on this. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah that was that was one of the episodes that was like a few weeks ago i think we're gonna retire this and just make it a mighty mutanimals podcast I've, hey i mean if that's what we gotta do I that's mean, what we gotta do you know we're not too far from that right now we haven't reviewed any comics for a while so that's true yeah, yeah. it'll come back it will uh yeah. but anyways i'm sorry little 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 tangent no, there don't a little up top stuff we we got a uh we got to get some of the nerd stuff out of the way. That's okay. Look, this album is a short king, right? It's like it's 30 minutes king. or 39 minutes long. Yes. So we've, we've got a little bit of a time to, to Also, vamp. what better place to talk about, like, um, or, or what, what better episode to talk about uh, comic book or toys, you know, like related, like kind yeah. of geek stuff. Because mm-hmm. obviously, as we'll get into, these guys are fucking geeks and I yeah. love it. No, it's good. Like geek with a capital G. Like it's... yeah. It's a respect given. Absolutely. Respect taken if they know what's good for them. And also, look, Spider-One, I know you're listening. It's um, <laughs> going, going right out the gate. We, I feel like we need to reset because we do have 
a, a recent increase in our listeners, and we, we thank you guys for sticking with us week Absolutely, to week yes. because uh, we love doing this. And look, even yeah. if you don't listen, we will continue doing this. We can't not do it at this right. point. It's it's we, we we are compelled by but by the grace of God. Exactly, and uh, both of us are atheists. Now yep. uh, that said, I'm agnostic. Uh, fucking commit you coward that's the problem <laughs> that's the problem all right all right look i agnostic <laughs> leaning towards atheist uh, if i gun to my head pull the trigger um <laughs> gun to my head i would say atheist yeah uh but also i am also willing to admit like there could be something out there that is just so beyond the scope of human thought that like who the fuck knows like I don't believe in like the obviously the earthly religions, mm-hmm. you know, take your pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any of them. I don't think they're any of them are real. Uh, but like I am I'm willing to say, hey, maybe there's some kind of like cosmic machine god that we're living inside of its brain. You know, like one of those things where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm open to it. I'm not just like, no, no god, period, never. Like <laughs> I, no. But my definition of of like what constitutes a god is different probably than other people's. It's it's more of like Jesus of Nazareth. G, uh, 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 yes, uh, hallowed be thy name, <laughs> uh, Muhammad. Blessing be upon him. Um, no, I, it's it's more that like I'm I'm just I'm open to it. Yeah. Um, but like again, probably there isn't. <laughs> I, I just you know that's my whole thing with being an atheist is I I'm just basing that on evidence right like i don't see evidence of a god therefore i'm not going to expend any energy on sure assuming there is one Fair. i i certainly leave like if uh fucking cthulhu came down from the sky it was like hey guys what's up <laughs> I've, I've been god the whole time you know my my creator's kind of like he's a racist he's a piece of shit I but i ate his ass so just for the <laughs> satisfaction of shitting his ass out you know what i'm saying anyway <laughs> hey let's party you guys you had like a fatty I got some HP Lovecraft. <laughs> HP Lovecraft, more like it. Do you want to know what my dog's name was? I ain't gonna say it, but Google it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, was it that? Oh, it was yeah. bad. Wow, Ooh, it's really. Oh bad. no! Think of the worst one. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> not joking. Not saying that like there's good racism, but there. I mean, we all know. Mm-hmm. We can all like. Everyone's spider sense going it's, off, right? You're saying it in your head right now. I'm saying it in my head right now. Uh, <laughs> don't cancel me. Place don't, say it. don't cancel me. Uh, speaking of spider, uh, let's go yes. back to spider one. Spider so, one. So uh, we do have uh, a, a growing listenership, but uh, we also can uh, acknowledge that we have listeners that listen based on the artist, right? So yes. for people who have maybe only checked out a handful of our episodes, uh, we did an episode early on, like maybe in the first like five episodes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we talked about it was a, a a double album review episode. We talked about uh, Cold Chambers album. I think it was just a self titled album, and then yeah. Power Man Five Thousands uh, first right. like major label album. Yeah. And on that episode, like like we were just we we're having fun, you know, yeah, being a couple of jokers, you know, yeah. Like, is it good? You probably probably not listen to it. It's not like we say anything bad to like get canceled about but like you know we're trying to fill out the show and everything sure. and uh that, oh, that, joker, baby. that 
in that first uh power man 5000 album uh I, I think we gave like lower scores on or maybe we hadn't even come up with a scoring system at that point no i think but... we had i think i i gave it um like a d i think i gave it slightly above average uh, mine was low because I yeah, didn't. Yeah, you weren't uh, jiving with it. Yeah, yeah it was a uh, not not quite my thing. It uh, meandered a bit to me and sure. was like more funk ish. But I thought it was produced well. It just simply wasn't my thing. Sure, and yeah, uh, yeah. not yeah, really yeah. like uh, hardcore new metal, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I give it a low score. But like probably the the biggest um, point of contention is uh, there's a, a point on that album where Spider once says something about Superman, like, shooting himself or whatever. Right. And I went on a tirade about, like, how I don't like musicians talking about Superman because they usually get his, like, shit wrong or whatever. And I went into it about, like, he can't shoot himself because, like, the bullet would bounce off of him. Like, everyone knows this. And so, uh, smash cut to us posting the episode. Mm-hmm. And I used the Power Man 5000 hashtag. And then, like, I don't know, a week later or something like that, you had texted me and said, Spider-1 commented on our post, and he said, oh, the Superman reference was in reference to George Reeve, yes. the Superman actor from back in the day, the, the original serials, one, yeah. yeah, and uh, he shot himself, like, he killed himself. Yeah. Schooled our asses. Yeah. But- I knew that. <laughs> I like I honestly I'm we're nerds okay right, right, right. we are like beyond just like reading comics we are like into the um like just the the realm of comics like like mm-hmm. the creators the history yeah um anything like kind of comic book related like we we are pretty pretty well versed in that mm-hmm. I I know George Reeve shot himself yeah um I knew that uh but like it I just did not make that connection right because for one thing i've only seen like one or two of the old serials and they're kind of mm-hmm. you know, um my reeves is my reeves superman is uh christopher, christopher reeves yeah um so i i i kind of forget that that george reeves was superman Same. I, uh, I just it's not not at the top of my mind like like a lot of things are so mm-hmm. he schooled her asses yeah but like he did it in like a like fun playful way sure like, yes like the subtext was I listened to your episode, you little shits. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> no. Like he, he was very nice about he it. He, nice. he didn't like yes. curse us out or anything. Like, uh, nothing to, like, shit post about or anything like that. Right. But I knew we had other Power Man Five Thousand albums to get to in the new metal timeline. So yes. I was like, oh boy, how's this, how's this gonna play out? You know, right? Because you and I were, uh, like around uh, when songs from this album hit the radio so this yes. would have been our first exposure so we had some familiarity but not with like the rest of the album at least i didn't mm-hmm. so uh that's what we're gonna talk about here today you know yeah we're gonna break down tonight the stars revolt by power man 5000 so, so you did not own this album no no never any okay no. i i certainly did you did yes I, absolutely i listened oh. to the fuck out of this album back in the day there was like this weird blind spot in our friendship where like we stopped sharing CDs, I think. Or maybe we just like bought enough to where it's like, no, I'm just going to listen to your Zebrahead album again. You know, it was like right. one of those things, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think we, at this point we were kind of, we, we had jobs or at yeah. least like some sort of income. So we were buying like our own CDs as opposed to like burning them and, uh, you know, trading them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely had this album. I loved this album. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yep. Yeah. Now uh, you know. 
shit. Now I know. Knowing's half the loss. So this album was released July 20th, 1999. So about a month after uh, Limp Biscuit and Slipknot's stellar albums that we reviewed on the, the previous bangers, album yeah. reviews. Holy shit. Wow. Will it will it be a trifecta? Who knows? We're gonna get into it. This album was released on DreamWorks Records, which I forgot was even a thing. <sighs> Not so weird. It's like, like given the context of life, it's yeah. like the people who made this Power Man Five Thousand album or like released it also made like I don't know Shrek later on. You know? Right. Like there should have been some crossover. Jeffrey like, Katzenberg and Steven Spielberg were like listening to some Power Man 5000. Yeah. I'm like, you know, this is good. We should uh-huh. put this out on our label. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Talking it's, about when worlds collide, what if Shrek interacted with the rest of the fairy tales? Just spitballing, you know? Is the genesis of Shrek. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, it's always struck me as a weird record label, DreamWorks. It didn't mm. last for very long. No. Uh, but yeah. But I mean, like Warner Brothers has their own music division, so. Sure, sure. I guess it. Not unheard of. Yeah. Uh, so let's go through Sony the has their own. the uh, the personnel here. So Power Man 5000 on this album is Spider-1 on vocals, Adam-12 on guitar, M33 on guitar, Dorian-27 on bass, and then I think it's Al-3. Could be AI, but I believe it's Alf. Al. <laughs> Alf. Hey! <laughs> on drums and cat eating, evidently. Um, yeah. I'm Gordon Shumway. Wait, that's not, a, that's not an Alf impression. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Willing. Hey, there we go. Yeah. You smoke crack in that video. <laughs> oh, no. Wow, that was Seinfeld. No. <laughs> Put the crack pipe down. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Holy shit. I like that everybody just calls him Alf's dad. <laughs> What's his name? It's Alf's dad, yeah. <laughs> Alf, the computer, give me the internet. <laughs> Our friend Preston used to do like a great impression. Oh, he did of that actor. Incredible. It was, impression. It was wonderful. Yeah. He was a uh, he was the the boss on uh, the Norm Macdonald mm-hmm. sitcom. Yeah, yeah, that was the joke. And then Norm hands him a floppy disk. Yeah, because everybody's <laughs> making fun of him. They're saying that it was on the internet, and he just walks in. He's like, "Give me the internet." And yeah, Norm Macdonald hands him a flash. Or, floppy disk mm-hmm. and he thinks he has the internet now funny funny mm-hmm. funny funny stuff it really is I I, yeah. I I thought that show was great yeah that was good recipes norm mcdonald P- perhaps ahead of its time very much so hey you, you know no i can't no let's move on let's move on with it hey, uh, uh no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't go into norm cold is uh, what we're finding out yeah. here uh additional musicians on this album ginger fish who is the drummer for marilyn manson and rob zombie plays piano on this album and then uh, DJ Lethal from Limp Biscuit is on turntables for a song. Mm-hmm. Malachi Throne, uh, who is a narrator throughout the album. I was not aware of this actor, and I looked him up, and I was like, "Oh shit, he had like, he had like a whole ass career." Oh, I'm, he had uh, a huge career. Yeah, uh, he was also uh, Pardek, who was a Roman, Romulan sen- senator on uh, Next Generation. Oh. Did you vote for him? Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay, oh, cool. Fuck no, I fucking hate Romulans. Are you kidding me? Really? Fuck out of here. Oh my god. I don't, mm, just no. uh, blanket hating a whole species. I mean, they did it to themselves. They're fucking assholes. Speaking of fucking assholes, do you think Gene Roddenberry ever had dingleberries? For sure. Okay, cool. I I wanted to make sure. Did you know his wife was a uh, Major Barrett, um, who was the voice computer on the Next Generation? So when they'd be like, "Oh, computer," and we are fifty-five. Light years from the nebula class 
frigate. Yeah. I, I don't remember that. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. So that was like their Alexa or whatever? Yeah. She did the voice. She was Roddenberry's wife. Uh. Um, she also played uh, Loaxana Troy, who was Deanna Troy's mother, who had a big crush on Picard, and she was this big <sighs> flashy... Uh, garish, well, not garish, but she mm-hmm. was a big boisterous woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she was she was Roddenberry's wife. She was a lovely, beautiful woman. Interesting. Also played Nurse Chapel in the original series. Oh really? Yeah. Damn, she was all in that Trek lore then. Oh, she absolutely was. She oh man, you go back and watch those TOS episodes. Yeah, the original series. Um, see Nurse Chapel back there. Oh, she is. Boing. Damn. Uh, but then in the in the Strange New Worlds, which is the new uh, Star Trek show, uh, she's played by Jess Bush, who is an Australian actor, uh, who is also just incredibly lovely. I got a big old fat crush on that one. Anyways. Computer, how shall we defeat the Borg? Oh, I don't know. Might be a boomerang to the feckin' face. <laughs> Put up a rabbit fence. <laughs> then all you hear is the sound of the computer cracking a Foster's <laughs> beer. Naru. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke that uh, when Australian people say no, they pronounce every every vowel, every vowel. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, uh, I love funny. it. Uh, and then uh, the the final guest feature on this album is Rob Zombie on vocals. Yeah, uh, for a track, and uh, that surprised me because I had listened through the entire album. Like I'd done some research ahead of time, but it, I evidently it quickly left my head because I listened back to the album all the way through, and then I was I re looked at the information the. Uh, the additional musicians. I saw Rob Zombie on there. I was like, what? He, I don't remember hearing him on a track. Then I went to the track I listened to. It. I was like, oh yeah, there he is. It's like obvious. Right, right there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I missed it, yeah. but uh, I'm just unobservant. And it, Okay, I, I will retract. I thought Lethal was on the first album. Um, I could have sworn Lethal, Lethal guessed it on the first album, but I don't think he did. I think he just was on this one. Yeah, I, I saw through... You know how, like, on Wikipedia, they have, like, the band timeline or whatever? Yeah. One of the people they had from, like, I think it was 91 to 93 in Power Man 5000 was a turntablist, but uh, he didn't have, like, a DJ name. I can't remember the the fellow's name, but uh, they had a turntablist early on in their career. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was before they started releasing albums or whatever, but um, so it's not so out of place for them on this, I guess. Like, they understand... Mm -hmm. The mechanics of how a turntablist works and everything. So, sure. yeah, anyway, I, it, I like it. If it if it's mm-hmm. really well, yeah. yeah. What are we doing? We're doing a cover of a car song. Gotta have a DJ. <laughs> gotta, gotta have a DJ in here. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> Look, I appreciate any chance I get to hear some sweet ass turntabling. Oh, so, absolutely. love it. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, so, this is the second major label studio album by the band. It was recorded. At uh, a few studios, it was recorded at Sunset Sound, The Chop Shop, Music Grinder, and Sound City in Los Angeles, California. I'm, I am, I kind of wonder what the reason is for like going to these different places. Maybe it's like a budgetary thing, or maybe they had the drums recorded over here, or they did batches of songs kind of here and there as they as studio time became available or something. Right. Uh, I've I, there was a a local band here in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, called Molly's Yes, that released an album back in the day. It it may have been around this time, like 99, 2000, something like that. I remember buying the album, because they had like a catchy-ass fucking song. Was it Sugar or something? Yeah, Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, I was looking at the liner notes, because, you know, what else are you going to fucking do with your time? You got all the... 
We didn't I, have the internet. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was bored, grew up in a podunk town. So I was like, I guess I'll look through every credit on this album. Yeah, and then absolutely. in the notes, it said that the drums were recorded in like fucking Nolans. And then the rest of the band recorded in like Idaho or some shit. Like it was oh, like wow. spaced out for some reason. Huh. So uh, I always find that interesting whenever yeah. there's like multiple studios involved. Especially like pre-internet, because you would have had to like send tapes like via mail, I guess. Or mm-hmm. I mean, and then it's like, does the guitarist or bassist or somebody go with the drummer to like play along with them as the recording, or do you just like? I figure they must have had like a a click track or something maybe that they mm-hmm. that they played to and then send it to the drummer. But God, that would. It sounds like a horrible way to write music. There is a story you told me once uh, because you and I have both played in bands together and then separate yeah. bands. But then we've, you know, just in our circle of friends and playing in other local bands, you get to know people or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you told me a while back about uh, a, a band with uh, someone who who is part of our friend group, kind of quasi in, in high school and then later on became a, like a two-piece band. It's like a, a pop punk band or oh, whatever. Right. Uh, initial CD coming to mind. Yeah. Okay. So you told me that they went to the same studio that you and I have recorded at before. Yeah. And they were recording a song. The song was done. They were listening back to it with the producer engineer. And they were like, oh, we forgot to record this part of the song. It's like in the middle of it. And then the producer was like, what do you want me to do? You didn't record it. I can't like, just like throw up a part in there or whatever. Like they've fucked up their own track. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. There's so many stories about that. <laughs> about that duo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, look, good guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were doing like this little, you know, this little pop punk thing. And, if you, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. It's fine. <laughs> they give it a shot, you know? Hey, you know. They played a show once, I think. They had a they had an album. They played a show. There you um, go. They played with my my band a few times. We were like more in the kind of like uh good like alternative uh kind of era. I guess I guess it was like some a little bit of pop punk influence because mm-hmm. it was just like everywhere. Sure. And so there was like a little bit. Um, and our our guitarist lead singer he he would listen to some pop punk and it would like sneak in. I would always mm-hmm. try to like counteract it with something cool. Um. And so, like, my songs are always, like, way more aggressive and, like, um, a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, like, deeper, but complex. Yeah. Look, it's not hard to be more complex than pop punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you throw in an extra note and you're like, whoa! <laughs> um, but, yeah, that uh, um, I, I did enjoy playing in the band. Yeah. Uh, it was a good band. I like yeah, the, uh, the music you guys put together. Uh, this album was produced by Ulrich Wilde. You, you 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 were in the studio with us and did some scratches on some of our songs. Yeah. Yeah. You goddamn right I did. Goddamn right. I think it was just like two songs yeah, uh, for uh for your demo. And then you guys put out like a was it an actual album or like five songs or something? Uh I think we had like six or seven, eight songs somewhere in there. Oh, okay. And uh so it was, you know, not not a full length album, but uh I've studio got, time is not cheap. <laughs> I've got all of them. Uh I keep meaning to send them to you. Yeah. Uh but uh uh yeah, I'll 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 do so. I actually and, found uh, um, a while back. Uh, do you remember the Pink Eye? It's a it was a local oh little, yeah uh, punk dive bar, mm-hmm. um, and we we were actually the first we were the very first band to ever play the Pink Eye. Oh, my band was going to play that, but then uh, 
we didn't get to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was it, it was a fun place to play because mm-hmm. it was so just like shitty. Yeah. Um, and so it was just kind of had this like you know it was a very like punk metal kind of vibe to it. Um, just dingy and like cramped and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was actually a, a fairly if if you were in Tulsa in the you know two thousands twenty tens, you certainly know about the pink eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I found a CD. This was just like, uh, maybe like six months ago. I was going through a bunch of old CDs and I found it and someone had recorded like the live sets of everybody playing that very first oh. night. And, uh, they got some of our songs on there and I was like, Oh my God, there was songs that we didn't even like make it to the studio. Yeah. Um, so it was like, Holy shit. I haven't heard these songs in literally like fucking 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really cool to go back and listen, especially playing it live because we would, we would put a lot more energy into it live. You yeah. Know, in the studio, you try to played a little bit more like clean and not clean but like perfect and you know on the on the clicks and everything uh but these were more like loose and sure raucous and all that anyways that's enough about our band no no but you brought up something that is interesting which is um like bands this happens to local bands all the time but like even uh popular bands Mm -hmm. they have to go through this phase where you like write a song it doesn't get recorded for whatever reason. Maybe there's, uh, for like a major band, maybe there's like strife in the band and like the band breaks up before it ever gets recorded or whatever. So the the song just like goes in the ether, you yeah, know? Right. Like any number of local bands, this happens to you like oh. every goddamn time, you know? Yeah. Like it, it, being able to record music and like capture that uh, essence is... Uh, like if you really think about it, it's so magical because it truly is. Because back in the day, like the Victorian era, yeah. like uh, if you wanted to listen to music, you had to like go to a concert hall and hope fucking Mozart's dopey ass showed the fuck up. Yeah, and he like played a, on his fucking piano or whatever the shit. Yeah, and then, but now, like if you went back in time, then you're like, I want to listen to some music while I'm driving my buggy somewhere, you're fucked. You have to have like a, a four piece, like yeah, a string section accompany you on well, your people travels, would like you know? sing, you know, but that's not, I mean, that's not the fucking same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought about that. Like, um, working in, working in the field mm-hmm. for 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Just with silence, <laughs> yeah. Like no podcast. Like that is my nightmare. Like yeah. I would gladly work in a field for twelve hours as long as I had some headphones with some podcasts loaded up to them. Oh, for sure. Or some 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 albums. But mm-hmm. I, God, Jesus, listening to just nature. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure it would have been probably mentally better, but uh, would have gotten boring. Really yeah. Fast. Like I don't. I'm not a fan of doing dishes, but I certainly don't mind doing dishes if I'm like have my earbuds in. Exactly. I'm listening to yeah. like podcast or music or something Knowing like the that. Yard and get oh yeah! I mean, oh my on. god! You, gotta, you got to. That's that one fuels the other. Really. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, back to the album review here. So uh, produced by Ur- Ulrich Wild and then Sylvia Massey. Ulrich Wild produced and engineered albums by Pantera, Death Clock, Stabbing Westward, Static X, and Deftones, as well as working on. A few uh, new metal esque soundtracks. Hmm. Have you heard of House of Wax 2005? Like uh, that, no. that was that was like yeah, maybe not. But uh, beyond that, Mission Impossible. Let me check the number here. Two. Hello. With, uh, Limp Biscuit. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I mean, one of the best. One of the fucking best. I think of uh, their version of uh, the Mission Impossible theme, and then uh, I Disappear by Metallica. It's just tattooed on my brain. Like, if that ain't peak cinema, what could possibly be? Oh, it says here he also worked on Freddy vs. Jason, Ooh. that soundtrack. Yeah. Ouch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn. Man's a legend. Absolutely. So, That's off. Fuck yeah. Now, Sylvia Massey, I had not heard of. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, she, okay. So maybe she was like an up and comer or something like that. Right. So yeah. she got an uh, album to work on in 1999 with Power Man 5000. And then maybe that was, did a handful of like smaller projects or whatever. Sure. Through research, I found that she's worked with Red Hot Chili Peppers, some of their like older stuff. Okay. Johnny Cash, <laughs> System of a Down, and Tool. Rock and roll band Tool. Jesus Christ. She produced both Opiate and Undertow. Fuck. She was the producer on that. It's like, how... What? How is she not a household name? Like, people should know her name, right? So that's what we're doing. We're representing. Shout out to uh, Sylvia Massey. That is wild. I'm not familiar with her, but I will absolutely look her up because that is... That's a hell of a fucking track record right there. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. My two favorite... My only two favorite, <laughs> my only two like Tool albums. No, no. I, I like Tool, uh, but uh, I, I really fucking love those two albums. Those yeah. Are just, ugh, they're incredible. legendary, you know? Yeah. I mean, 100%. They're like Zeppelin level, like, I mean, influence and importance and just good goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're just, fuck, that's crazy. Anytime I go to a house party, I shout out, like, obviously, I... I Kick a hole in the door, reach my hand through, let Pull myself in, in, be like, oops, I forgot how a door works, fellas. The, the crowd erupts <laughs> in laughter. And then I say, everybody, shout out your favorite tool music. And then everyone goes, <laughs> we all know it. We all know the song. No, those are uh, legendary albums. So uh, oh, just wanted yeah, to pay some respect. Pizza's fed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you are you looking up something? Um I, I was I, I'm going to bookmark her because I, I want to uh, I, I really want to look uh, up some of her stuff because yeah. th- that is um hell of a track record. I mean that's crazy. I cannot then, believe I've never heard of her. And then of course you worked on this album, right? So is that going to be a feather in her cap? Okay. We'll we'll find out. Uh, let's talk about the Oh she she produced green jello also? <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. This woman <laughs> This woman is incredible. Okay, okay. Sorry, I I, I just wanted to bookmark that because yeah. I, I I really am interested. In she needs it. You know, we we got to represent Absolutely. where we can. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, touring and support information. Uh, the band would go on to tour uh, worldwide, performing in shows and festivals such as FarmClub.com. Oh hell yeah! And Infest, and uh, they became a support act for Metallica's Summer Sanitarium tour, along with Corn, Kid Rock, and System of a Down. Shit. That was like, again, that's peak new metal, you Truly, know? yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, when did uh, Mission Impossible 2 come out? Do you know off the top of your head? No? I do not. I, I would guess around 99, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. That's kind of what I was thinking, right? Because yeah. uh, that's uh, before Chocolate Starfish, I think. Uh, yeah. Mission Impossible uh, 2. 2000 is when that came out. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Metallica was like... Maybe they were on tour with these new metal bands, and then they got some of that DNA thrown at them, and they were like, 
I guess we can do a new metal song. And they're like, I disappear. You got it. Yeah. Record scratch in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wild. That would have been a that would have been a killer show. I yeah, that would have been. Would've yeah. Love that. Uh, now we have to discuss the album sales on this some bitch, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew this album uh, was fairly popular mm-hmm. amongst the new metal sect, right? I see this. Uh, you know how on uh, Reddit or Instagram. Uh, people will post like, here are my nine, like they'll put them in a, a, a nine pain grid of their right. like nine new metal albums. I've seen this album show up multiple times in that collage yeah. of new metal albums for uh, people's favorites. So I was like, okay, th- this album's like pretty well respected, but like how well did it actually do? This album sold over a million copies in the U S and became platinum. And uh, it also won a nomination for the Boston Music Awards for Album of the Year, becoming, excuse me, becoming the group's most successful release. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, more popular than I thought, even. They still have over a million monthly listeners on Spotify, which is pretty impressive for a band that hasn't really had like a, you know, big hit in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I I, I did kind of come across, I think, some reasoning why. they were like the soundtrack slash video game sound, like movie soundtrack slash video game soundtrack, mm-hmm. like Kings. Oh like, yeah. So many of their songs showed up in, um, like I, 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 I wish I, I we're starting to make a list uh, of how many uh, video games there's uh, their songs have appeared in. And it is an absurdly long list. So I think a lot of people who are, who grew up in, you know, the, or we're playing video games, I should say, in like the 2000s, um, are absolutely familiar with them because they were on like uh, Tony Hawk's Pro, uh, Pro Skater. Yeah. And I know a lot of people um, reference that as like, oh, they're that band from Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, but they were also on like a bunch of Need for Speed and, and, and things like that. Uh, and WWE we, SmackDown versus Raw. Right. They Yeah. Mm-hmm. They I know uh, there was, I think several of their songs were used for different wrestlers. Um but you know, Dave uh last week, good buddy Dave. Yeah. Um, or was that two weeks ago? Who, no, no, it was last week. Last week, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he 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 was he was younger than us. Uh but still he, is. Still I just checked. Is. Hey. <laughs> Dave, you're doing it right, buddy. Catch up, dude. <laughs> Dario. Uh but he um he was talking about, you know, video games being where he was introduced to a lot of new metal. Yeah. And, and I think I think part of their the reason that they've had some longevity despite not having uh, Longevity. You uh, mean like from a uh, Bolt Upright? The metal band Bolt Upright? Never bring that up to me again. Hey, you thought the album was pretty okay. Well, I might have to retroactively. <laughs> the more I think about it. We'll, we'll rescore the albums later on. I could not tell you a single song from that. Longevity. You just did it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I think I think they have have retained some relevance from the fact that uh, you know a lot of people you know obviously the, the, some of the older people our age mm-hmm. were listening to they, they they were on fucking TRL you know yeah. like uh, their videos showed up on TRL and they got pretty heavy rotation play uh, like on MTV back in the day but I also think that um, because they were on so many soundtracks so many video games that uh, a lot of people have nostalgia for them again despite them not really being. I don't want to say relevant because they're still releasing music and mm-hmm. I listen to some of their new music pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, they still like bang. Um, it's changed a little bit, but that's good. Um, 
you got to change or else, you know, you're going to be fucking Van Halen or whatever. <laughs> not, not that I, nothing against Van Halen. I like Van Halen, but you know, I guess they did change or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, you got to say relevant somewhat. And, uh, I really do think that their new, newer music is, is, is really good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, was there any other personnel stuff that you wanted to get into? Or? No. I mean, like the album had three singles: "When Worlds Collide," "Nobody's Real," and then "Supernova Goes Pop." I saw uh, kind of conflicting things on Wikipedia, which happens from time to time. It's like, oh, it had uh, two singles, and then it, later on it says three. So I'm right. going with three. I feel like I've seen the song title "Supernova Goes Pop" before. Yeah. Um, and you know, we'll talk about it more. Well, they had we get three it. videos, so I'm I'm assuming that if they put out three videos. They put out three singles. That's what I would have thought too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. The album name, uh, yeah. when worlds collide, is actually taking taken from an older. Wait, uh, tonight the stars revolt. Oh, I'm sorry. Tonight the stars. Jesus Christ. Tonight the stars. <laughs> Shit. Tonight the stars revolt. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, was taken from a uh, Gardner Fox comics uh that, comic yeah. from uh planet stories and i was trying to find it mm-hmm. uh i found some like uh pages from it but i didn't i couldn't find the entire uh the entire story but uh i really want to track that down because it'd be interesting to read that. gardner fox you know come on mm-hmm. yeah he's a fucking legend um and i i love i i love those co- those like later superhero guys that um were doing the sci-fi stories beforehand he's oh like kirby yeah well, all right. <laughs> Damn, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say we got somebody else coming up later that's gonna be kind of the same uh, thing here. But uh, yeah, Kirby, he'll, he'll come up later. Um, uh, and also I found a, uh, on Reddit I found an Ask Me Anything an AMA mm-hmm. uh, with Spider One. Oh, okay. Um, and it's kind of tough because it was like I think seven years old. And a lot of the questions, like people will delete their profile. Mm-hmm. And so you, you'll just see deleted and then spider will be answering a question, but you won't know what the what question the was. was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So some of it, I was just like, eh, I don't know, but <laughs> I did see that uh, somebody asked him about, uh, apparently, uh, he has a rap album. What had a rap album under the, the, the name MC spider. Oh, and he had like demos. And I guess some of them like, got out kind of or some people have them like mm. on cassette or, or, or something um and they asked him if he would ever release them and he was like i don't know maybe but i was like that's interesting like mm. i would like to hear like a rap album like i don't know if he produced it but like he rapped on it i think it would be interesting i would yeah be interested to hear that yeah um they were on 90210 <laughs> Which wasn't on Wikipedia. I was surprised I didn't that, come across it. That nine hundred two one zero was still airing at that time. For right. for whatever reason, my my brain, I thought that show had ended at that point, but yeah, clearly not. Um, and uh, also, he talked several times about uh, they played with Sugar Ray a lot back in the day when they were like starting out. Oh, so what a Sugar great Ray pairing! Still, man, that would have been a killer show. Yeah, like see, in that context, the funk makes more sense to me because those first two Sugar Ray albums have yeah. like. Especially the first one has uh, some funk to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, I will say another thing. I watched several of their live videos and they put on a an absolutely phenomenal fucking show. Oh, really? Paramount 5000. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I, look, and I, I want to try to avoid, you know, some of the Rob Zombie comparisons, but obviously they were like influenced by a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rob Zombie's more of like a, like in the horror genre, they're more in like the sci-fi genre. Right. But it's kind of like the same, like almost like a pr- 
approach mm-hmm. to like singing and like presentation. Um, and if you watch some of their live shows, fucking no, they are an incredible live band. Oh, I've never, awesome. I've never unfortunately seen them live. Mm-hmm. Um, would really like to. Uh, but I think as we're discussing this, I believe Power Man Five Thousand and Rob Zombie are on tour together. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. They played. Uh, I think they played Rocklahoma together. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that just happened like what a month ago. Right, I would love to have seen that, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, <laughs> um, um, and and then for for the videos, so they had three videos. Um, when worlds collide, um, which I don't know, did you watch any of the videos? I didn't get a chance to. No. Um, so I do remember. I definitely remember when world. I actually remember all of these. Um, but I really remember when worlds collide. Um, and watching it, uh, I I, <laughs> it looks like Flash Gordon meets Hellraiser. Oh shit. Um, it's kind of got a, like a Ming the Merciless like kind of villain, mm-hmm. uh, but then there's like you know it's like all done up like Cenobites and kind of like the you remember the movie The Cell, vaguely uh, yeah Jennifer Lopez I saw it a long and, time uh, ago uh, 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 Kingpin's name what's his name fuck Wilson uh, Fisk uh, uh, Wilson Fisk yes <laughs> it Wilson Fisk in it. Um, Vincent <laughs> N- Vincent Nofrio. yeah. Uh, it he really was looking was... for a cat. <laughs> uh, really reminded me of um, of that. And then at the end, uh, Spider One is like getting like taken up to like Ming the Merciless, you know. And he starts doing like Dragon Ball Z like power blasts yeah. at them. Uh, it doesn't look great, uh, but like well. the 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 aesthetic of the video is is really really great. Yeah. Um, but he's doing like the like, uh, like power blast. I was like, man, I fucking love this. Um, uh, the another video they had was for Supernova Goes Pop, primarily concert footage, but it was edited. Um, like it looked like it was filmed in like a club, but then like the editing was really like kind of trippy and like they had like you know kind of like science fiction diagrams like going across the screen while they're playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like edited. It's not just like a straight concert video. Um, but again, they, they, they put on a killer show. They're like dressed in like cool sci-fi outfits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that was really cool. Um, and then, uh, nobody's real was their third. Um, and it's it, it, kind of a simple premise. It's like a, a Japanese kid walks up. He finds this little, uh, like helmet, like, like old school, like robot looking helmet. Um, he puts it on and then like inside of the helmet, like power man, 5000s playing, you know, and like, Oh yeah. Uh, kids bully him and like you know he ends up taking it off uh, it's not like a super high concept video or anything but you know it, it's did, did we, visuals did we go to school with this kid because there was <laughs> there was a kid who was uh potentially asian who looked like grunge from gen 13 that we went to school with i don't want to say his name his yeah. initials are st no and uh, but he was like all about Power he, Man. I thought was his remember? favorite fucking band, and he, he let to people us know all the time about it. Oh yeah, because you're the only ones that knew Power yeah, Man like, was in the school. And it, but like, it was so weird too because he was uh, he moved to our school. Uh, I think he was like in uh, what would you call that? Like a, a freshman in high school, maybe. And he was like kind of a beefy guy. Like, I wouldn't want to fight him. I don't want to fight anyone because I'm just going to get destroyed immediately. But I remember, like, all the other jocks, like, busting his balls and stuff. But, like, 
he could fucking smoke any of them. Like I don't, I never understood that dynamic because all he had yeah. to do was like flex on someone once, and then it would have been over. I think you he know? was kind of a chill dude though. Like yeah, that was his, not really his problem. Right. Lucky for them, he was a chill dude. And like I think he came from I want to say like California or something. And California. He, he, it's not <laughs> coming to rural Oklahoma from like California. You're gonna have a hard time finding like your people and finding like a like a commonality with stuff because um, he just had a different vibe than everybody else. We 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 hung out with him a little bit. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I definitely remember that guy. But yeah, Power Man Five Thousand. He was a maniac for. There was there's one day he was giving a book report on Power Man Five Thousand. <laughs> he like got up in front of the class. But he had awesome. he made a helmet. I think it was from oh. the music video you're talking about. Oh, and that's he, fucking cool. Like, this is my permit, but this is a helmet. This is I like to I put spikes on it, like <laughs> whatever. Like he he really wore his fandom on his oh, sleeve, yeah. you know. Like yeah. respect, y- man. You got to applaud it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, what I did find so so that nobody's real. I watched it. And I'm like, this video has like a very distinct style. Hmm. So I'm like. I feel like there was a lot of videos with this kind of like vibe. It was just a, it was just a feeling I got from the video. So I looked up who directed it. Uh, a guy by the name of Dave Myers. Oh yeah. He, he was like a big, he was one of maybe like five uh, music video directors. I would like keep track of mentally as I was like growing up. Yeah. Know? Here's a little list. Okay. Of some of the, uh, I didn't write all the videos cause he, he directed, a ton of stuff, like right? Hundreds of videos. Yeah. It would take forever. So I just I just went to, went through the artists. First up, first up, I've got like bands that fall in the new metal genre, sure. right? So uh Kid Rock, okay, Sugar Ray, mm-hmm. Filter, Static X, Cottonmouth Kings, Limp Biscuit, Slipknot, Papa Roach, Corn, NERD. Okay. Moving away from that a little bit. E40, <laughs> Ice Cube, Juvenile, Jay-Z, DMX, Outcast. Missy Miss Invader Elephant. Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm look, so sorry. The, the, look of, <laughs> the look of recognition on your face after you realize what you said. Oh, like God. because there's a beat and you're like, wait, what oh <sighs> yeah. Missy misdemeanor Elliot. Love Missy. I am so sorry. Yeah. That was not intentional. No, 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 no. <laughs> You pulled a me is what you did. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and Red Man. Uh, and and wow. if you're thinking like, oh, maybe these were some of the lesser videos. No, 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 no. These were like all of these bands' biggest videos yeah. for the most part mm-hmm. were directed uh, by Dave Myers. Like he did the uh, uh, the Boiler um, uh, video for Limp Biscuit. Oh, I thought Fred directed that one. Um, I, I think it was like a co-direction thing. Oh. Um but uh, yeah, it, it's just wild how many like you know Bob at the Ba obviously he did, um, and then you've got like Juvenile like back that thing up he did, um, Red Man Dirty, uh, oh, wow. DMX Riding Dirty, mm-hmm. or no wait, uh, <laughs> Rough Riders Anthem. Shit, they see sorry. me rolling. Ugh. Yeah. Hey, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, but it's it, it's just it's, and this wasn't even. There were so many. I like right. ran out of room, or else mm-hmm. I would have kept going because I was just like, Jesus Christ, this man is beyond. He's done some Kendrick Lamar stuff. Yeah, like even recently. Oh, um, really? I think okay. He did humble. Bitch, shit down. Be humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that. Love that video. Great song. Uh, yeah. Um, got uh, good old Mr. Cheadle in there. 
America's Sweetheart. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that? I've not I've not seen the music video. Oh, yeah. I'm almost positive that's the one with Cheadle. Um, yeah. Uh, but it, it, fucking wild, like, how uh, unbelievably prolific this guy was. Yeah. I think when you're in the, the music video game, you there's, like, maybe quicker turnaround than, like, an episode of television or something like that. So you're, you're just going to, like, keep churning these things out. And as long as your reputation is good and, and more artists want to work with you, I guess you can, like, stay in it for a while. Right. You know? Okay, so he was he did DNA. I'm sorry, it was, it was it, uh, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle was in DNA, mm-hmm. um, not the uh, not that other one. So uh, I apologize, uh, but uh, go listen to DNA, and that video is fucking wild. Don Cheadle, truly America's sweetheart. That man, in my eyes, can do no wrong. I I love Don Cheadle. Did you did you see Secret Invasion? <laughs> Oh, okay like it's not his fault <laughs> it's not his fault right? like samuel jackson was it come on like it's not i know it should have been so good but it was it was all right you know it was like anyway not uh, we can't we can't go down that dead uh, down we'll that road all night absolutely okay you wanna, uh, uh, go ahead and get started on the uh i i do after this thought which is so both rob zombie and spider one their brothers they grew up together they're uh, inspired by stuff they saw maybe as youths or got handed down. Uh, and, you know, they got obsessed with, like, 50s B-movie type stuff. Yeah. What if they had a third brother? He was also into 50s stuff, but it was, like, the most popular shit. He's just, like, hyper into, like, the Andrew Griffith show, Leave it to Beaver, <laughs> at a separate rock band. <laughs> it was just, like, <laughs> primarily known for its whistling <laughs> He's sampling like Beverly Hillbillies on his. Uh, I would listen to it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? You I know. Mean, hell. All right. Um, all right. Do we want to go ahead and kick this kick this bad boy off here? Yeah. Uh, one more thing. Uh, Spider Man Five Thousand. I was thinking about this. You know, that seems like it would be like right there. I know. I wonder if that was ever like posited. You know how like sometimes like Dave Matthews Band. It's like the band. But Dave Matthews' name is in it. Right. But it is like also he's it's in reference to a band. Right. So maybe I wonder if he ever thought it's like, okay, we're just gonna call this band Spider Man five thousand, right? And they're like, You can't do that. It's like, well, who's a less popular Marvel hero? Power Man. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll roll with that. Oh man. Holy shit. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we'll start off. An eye is upon you. Um, so this is mostly a spoken track. Um, got some background music. This is the one with uh, Mr. Malachi Throne on it, a.k.a. Pardek, the Romulan center, center from the next generation. Yeah. Uh, man's got a great voice. He really does. I, I listened to this. I was like, who is this person? I Yeah. It didn't sound recognizable to me at all. Yeah, but it's awesome. Like every time he pops up on this album, I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, it's this guy again." He also did some voices for Batman the Animated Series. Uh, he also did the voice for, I believe it was the was it the Traveler from the Menagerie, which is uh, from both the Menagerie and the Cage. Um, That's high respect. High respect. That's what was high it? praise. High praise. There we go. Yeah. Okay, and next we're just gonna roll into Supernova Goes Pop. Uh, real quick, it looks like uh, Malachi Throne was best known as 
an actor for the TV series It Takes a Thief, a TV show I've never heard of. Negative. Never. Uh, so Supernova Ghost Pop. Like I said, I've I feel like I've seen this tile title in the wild before, and I thought I had a memory of how the song went, and then I started listening to this album. I was like, no, I was way the fuck off. Not like right. Like it has a different cadence, a different. Um, chorus all of this stuff was totally different so i don't know why i'm so familiar with this specific title because if it were the album title that'd be one thing yeah but it's not it's the song title it's a great song title though it is i like it a lot yeah it's good stuff did you ever uh go through and look up the lyrics to any of these songs yeah they're i i i enjoy them mm-hmm. um but they're pretty like I feel like his approach to vocals is, is very much in the same way that uh, like Rob Zombie is, where it's like it's kind of painting a picture as opposed to like like hard hitting lyrics, which I'm more than fine with. I think we need more bands that do this that are just kind of like these lyrics are meant to just like get you up and going, man. Yeah. Like they're not super deep or like introspective or trying to like put across a message or anything like that. It's just like, no, this is fucking, like, this is, like, fucking pop science fiction. I don't mean that in the bad way. I mean, just, like, it's just straightforward fun shit. Yeah. That's, um, that's what I liked about this album when uh, listening to it for the first time and then on subsequent listens is, like, oh, they really captured, like, the fun spirit of uh, music that yeah. I, I like. And, uh like, I love that Slipknot album that we just talked about, but it is more of, like, lyrically, it's, like, darker themes, you know? And then you get to this, and it's like, I don't know, let's talk about, like, space and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, there needs to be more fucking songs. Like, there's plenty of songs about depression and anger and sadness and mm-hmm. women and men, and who cares? I'm listening to a song about supernovas going pop. Yeah. Yeah, I just what I want to listen to. Do you think there are, like ultra conservatives who refuse to listen to songs about women of course there are <laughs> i wouldn't even know how to like filter that panties in a twist because the dixie chick said something about george bush like they they're still paying for that shit like decades later and then they got upset again when they changed their name to just the chicks yeah and it's like guys what what are we doing here you know i didn't i didn't like the file did nothing wrong <laughs> I didn't like, uh, <sighs> white men are the pinnacle we built the West. Give me my CPAP machine. <laughs> We're the ultimate race. <laughs> oh, fuck them. All right. Uh, my note on this one yeah. is good. Uh, next up, we've got <laughs> When Worlds Collide. I've heard this one a time or two. Yeah. And we'll talk about this a little bit uh, next week. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, so, so, so tune in next week. We go into a little bit more depth. Um, there's some weird stuff with like final fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also play, they, they re-recorded it, kind of updated it a little bit. So listen in next week if you want to check that out and we'll, we'll go a little bit more into it. Yes. For new listeners, we record these episodes out of order. So we've already done that one and it was a fun one. Who is forcing us to do this? No one. Exactly. Do we take mad shots? At steampunk nerds, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry if that's you. Shove your gold spray painted watch gear up your asshole. 
Now, I've heard the song, let me count here, one, two, 40 million times before, right? Yeah. This one is ever-present on radio, even on satellite radio. I listen to the uh, like metal stations oh, there. Cool. And this one is on rotation, amongst like some other uh, Power Man songs. <sighs> Bombshell, holy shit. That song <laughs> fucking rips ass so hard. That song fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, not on this album, but all that to say, I've heard the song so many times, but I've never just like sat down to listen to it mm-hmm. and just like listen to it in my car at a high volume speeding down the highway. Best way to listen to it. it it's so great. Like, it I feel like it's just got that, that driving beat. Man. Yeah. I listened to this. Um, I was, uh, went to the gym mm-hmm. and, uh, had this album on my gains increased by 15%. <laughs> well, not, not really, but, uh, I felt really like, yeah, I felt like just pumped in the gym. I'm like, this is just like, not only is it like hard and driving, but it's fun. Like, cause a lot of like metal will be hard and driving, but a lyric about like corpse rape will get in there and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this is fun. It's mm-hmm. like sci-fi, uh, industrial metal, man. Like, who else is doing that? Uh, not Fear many Factory? people. I mean, like it's uh, maybe like Static X would kind of be in that, that role, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with their evil disco. But there's there's something about like the hi hats. Like it's got like a little bit of a disco beat, so not too far yeah. off from uh, "Got the Life" by Corn. It, it's I don't know. It just like fits perfectly in in new metal. Um, I was reading online that Spider One claims that this song is about social issues. I'm not a lyric to, uh, lyrics guy. I don't really pay attention, but I guess that's what the worlds collide is about. Like maybe the rich colliding with the poor, and then hmm. the the poor taking over or, or whatever. Right. Uh, this is what it's like when the worlds collide. We take all of your shit from you or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, well. Also, the uh, the name when worlds collide is like a it's like a 1950s like science fiction movie, um, which I assume that's where they got the name. No, I don't think so. I don't no. think that tracks at all. Nobody's real. I love this. This intro is so yeah, much it's fun. Good. Yeah, I haven't heard this song in a long time. Yeah, I mean, so when it started playing and it did that little robot thing, I was like, "Oh yeah!" I like know. it really like brings it back for you, right? It really did. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, that's right. Because back in the day, I felt like radio stations when they would release new songs or whatever, it fell into a pattern of like. Okay, here's your favorite band's new song, and it was like a barn burner. Sure. And then the next song, we're going to slow it down a bit. And I thought that's what this was. Yep. And it kind of is, but... I'm sorry. I, I had to... I love that build up there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it just kind of like hops up, and you're like, yeah! Yeah. Uh, but no, no, no. Keep going. Uh, I was just going to say that it, it seems like this one is kind of like a, a mid-tempo-esque type of rock song or whatever. Yeah, but by the time we get to, I think it's the bridge on this one. It really like turns into a new thing, which yeah. is one of my or one of the reasons I like bridges and songs so much is because it's like I'm going to go a different direction than the rest of the song, but still stay within the realm of that song. Yeah, and you can I don't know I just really appreciate the uh, the effort on this. <laughs> so catchy, yeah. It's like it's like industrial music. You, I mean, I guess you could dance to a lot of industrial music, but like, I feel like I could dance to this. You know, um, yeah, this part. Yeah, this part. It's chuggy. I mean, 
Look, the the missing misdemeanor elephant in the room is <laughs> like, are these guys really new metal? I would put them in the uh, the industrial camp more than anything. But I think as we've discussed here before, new metal is more than a sound. It is sort of like it is almost like a subculture. Um, and I it's th- almost like a, I don't know, a way of life, you know? Mm. Yeah. What's new metal is old again? <clears throat> What's old is new metal again? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it um, I, again, we, like we've talked about, like so many bands, if you were in the late 90s and you were like a heavy band with any kind of um, like electronic influence. Yeah. You, you pretty much got the new, new metal label slapped on you. I did yeah. see in his uh, Ask Me Anything that he really didn't consider themselves new metal, but he mm-hmm. considered themselves like industrial, kind of like industrial metal dance kind of stuff, which, mm-hmm. you know, makes sense. Yeah. Um, this is just a short little interlude. System 1111. Yes. Make a wish. It's 1111. I wish for eternal chaos on the planet. And I don't know, maybe a BB gun. Way ahead of you, brother. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Have you, uh, do you know who Bo Burnham is? Uh, the comedian? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Inside? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has a song on there that I'm absolutely goddamn obsessed with. Uh, I think it's called Get Your Hands Up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh I like his little rap in there. Yeah. Um, that song. Look, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bear a little something here. Okay. Um, I have just general anxiety about the about the general anxiety about the future. Mm. Um, because you know the oceans are dying and our world is dying and it's heating up and we're all gonna. Our by the time we hit old age, the world is going to be completely gone to shit for the most part. Um. Not all the way. It's going to get worse after we die, of course. Um, but things are going to be like significantly different by the time we hit old age. There's just no way around it. Uh, food scarcity is going to be an extreme problem. Uh, flooding is going to be an extreme problem. Uh, most likely by the time we retire, Florida will be partially underwater, which uh, also means me- part of Mexico is going to be underwater. And if you thought migrants were bad before, oh, it's going to be so much worse. Um, and, uh, you know, just some general anxiety about just the shittiness of the future that's Mm. inevitable at this point um well during that song uh get your hands up uh bo burnham has a line that uh it's sort of this like uh it's it's kind of hard to describe it without listening to the song because the song contextualizes like just this feeling Mm -hmm. Uh, and he, he he has this line kind of at the crescendo uh where it's like uh you say the ocean's rising like i give a shit you say the world is ending Bitch, it already did. Yeah. Um, and then it's just like, so let's get inside and go. Like, like kind of just this nihilistic thing of like, it's too late. Yeah. Um, and we should just kind of like accept that and just ride into the sunset on like a golden horse. Right. I mean, j- just like, he, that's not his lyric. I put that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like the vibe I get where it's just like, you know, everything's fucked. Get your fucking hands up. You know, just, we're just going to all fucking 
we're gonna be in this together. You know, yeah. it's all it's like it's like uh the anxiety that I have when I listen to that song, it's almost like a release for it because it's like okay, there's another person out there who sees that this is happening and this is kind of a cathartic release for it where it's mm-hmm. like yeah, of course he cares about the oceans rising but it's like you see the oceans rising like i give a shit you know like there's just this, this resignation to the fact that things are fucked um and uh like i uh i only watched inside uh like a week or two ago oh. uh, for the first time I, i've never seen any bo burnham anything but okay. i'd heard like inside recommended a lot and I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Bo Burnham is one of those things where I have like the horror of self recognition, where it's like ner- <laughs> super nerdy white guy, you know. Yeah. Um, um, and I feel like that's too close to home. <laughs> yeah. So I, I haven't gotten into Bo Burnham, but through hearing so much about Inside, I was like, finally, I'll check it out. Yeah. And um, uh, I haven't cried in a long time, mm-hmm. but like I had this like full cathartic release listening to that. Interesting. Song. Um, where it was just like, fuck, this is like, this is what I've been feeling, but haven't been able to like properly express or like, uh, coalesce into like a solid idea. Um, uh, but where was I going with this? Um, (laughs) well, look, uh, I, let me help alleviate your stress about the future. Sure. It's all going to work itself out. Oh, probably. Just don't even worry about it. We got capitalism on our back. I mean, on our sides. (laughs) Check your wallet. Do you have a dollar bill? You're fine. Of course. Oh I have God. an iPhone. What am I mad about? Exactly. Um, you don't want to disgrace. Sorry. I didn't mean to go into all that. It was. I don't know even why I went into that. Look, I you don't, I had a point. You have an iPhone. You don't want to disgrace all of the hard work those six-year-olds put into crafting it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it'll all work out. It's yeah. all going to come out in the wash, you know? Oh, sure. Uh, the imaginary sky wizard is going to come down. He's going to be like, boom, let me fix that for Ian's. You know, yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that'll it's, definitely don't happen. Even, just don't even worry about it. Dude. Um, I know a guy he's, he's working on it right now. Okay. He's going to fix Twitter and then he's going to get right on that. Of what if the X was now an O? <laughs> Tyrannitis Mechanus <laughs> eat your vegetables. <laughs> Whatever his fucking kid's name is. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> All right. Tonight, the stars revolt. Good stuff. Oh, boy. This song was a revelation to me. I can't believe I went 40 years through my life without ever hearing this song. Really? I know this song hasn't been around for 40 years, but... Uh, oh, man. This song kicks ass. This is my favorite song on this album. I fucking love this song. And I was like... Oh, this is why they named this album this, because the the title itself rules, so why not just use it twice, you know? Yeah. It's good. I it's think, like I think I think my point earlier was that like I don't get emotional towards songs very often and I tend to like like this kind of stuff more that's like not emotional in a way that's more or at least a different emotion that's yeah. just kind of like yeah, let's like have fun talking about monsters and werewolves and shit. Like, yeah, I I, I, I like that because it's a full on escape. Yes, um, and I, I don't connect really with like what other people find emotional. But I think my point was that Bo Burnham song um, made me feel something for the first time. And I mean that's good, you know. I mean like I don't really connect with the lyrics in that way, but I understand that other 
people do. So I'm glad that that happened for you. I'm you the know? same way. I, I I generally don't connect with lyrics, mm-hmm. and uh, there was just something about his um, that whole thing was just. Uh, I actually did pay attention to the lyrics, mm. partially because they were funny, but also because they were like genuinely poignant. Yeah. Um, but fuck it, I'd rather listen to this. Um, <laughs> not, I mean, not, not really, but I, 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 I on a day-to-day basis, yeah, I want this yeah. kind of stuff, man. Yeah. I, I mean, fun. God this, damn it. This is the most new metal track on this album, I think. Like it has like the guitar, just pure new metal there, you know. Yeah. Um, just the whole vibe of it. I don't. I don't know why sci-fi like yeah I bet this song fucking crushed at a live show you know oh man hell yeah and I like that he's not like the best singer (laughs) yeah but I don't think that's what he's going for you know it's like uh, I love it it sounds like he's singing in his throat to me or maybe, yeah, like the back yeah. of his throat instead of his, like, diaphragm on his gut. But yeah, it sounds good still. It doesn't sound like he's really, like, overtaxing or, like, shouting loud. Right. He's just making his vocals rough, but they're being, like, amplified through the magic of studio wizardry. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I thought the song was fucking great. I've listened to it multiple times just by itself. So I thought it kicked ass. We're on to track seven here, Automatic. Automatic. I don't really have much to say about this song. Uh, I really do enjoy it for the most part, but it's maybe not my favorite. But even for not being my favorite, I still really fucking enjoy it. This lead guitar part? Yeah. That, yeah. that reminds me a lot of like some of the leads on uh, www.pitchrifter.com. Yeah. Like whenever they play leads. It's yeah. like a, a very specific new metal-y sounding lead guitar like if you're playing a lead guitar in your new metal album you gotta go see this guy like he's your, <laughs> he's your hookup go see this guy this song is like quasi filler to me but it's uh-huh. not like it's still like catchy you know so it's not like I don't know. Maybe it's in contrast to the previous song that I love so much that this one is uh, slightly loses my interest. But that said, I, I still think it's listenable, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I do think these, like, chugging guitar parts are pretty rad. Yeah. Um... It's just it's just a little I don't want to say boring. It just kind of like goes kind of back. It just, you know, verse chorus, verse chorus like yeah. And nothing really like punches me as hard as some of the other songs do, but again, not bad at all. No. Um but I, I do love that lead guitar that that really um cranks it up a notch. Bam. Um Yeah. Hell yeah. He's got a great, he's, he's got a, just a, again, you know, not, not the best singer, but like you said, I don't think he's necessarily what he's going for. Uh, 
But on some of his later albums, or his newer albums, rather, um, I say his because he's the only remaining yeah, original remaining member. Original member. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's turned into a much better singer on some of his newer stuff. I'm curious to listen to some of that stuff uh, because I've looked at the album covers <laughs> on Apple Music. I'm like, yeah. these look cool, but I just haven't taken the time to uh, go through and listen to them yet. You know, right. I'm still studying for this episode. You know, sure, yeah. Probably be fun live. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Still got that sci-fi vibe in there, though. Yeah. Um, but without being, like, full-on Fear Factory, like, the robots right. are going to take over or whatever. Yeah. It's more of, like, a fun, like, I don't know if hopeful is the right word, but it's just, like, uh, just just joy, you know? Yeah. There's yeah. this, like, uh, absolute paranoia and fear and uh, kind of ridiculousness, but uh, yeah. these guys are having fun with it. For I, sure. I appreciate more. Uh, I was thinking about it, uh, what you said a couple of songs ago, where you're talking about, like, not really identifying with lyrics, but this, the Bo Burnham one really, like, hit you, and yeah, uh, I was like, I, I, I said I don't think I identify with lyrics that much, but then I thought of a song where I was like, oh... This lyric actually speaks to me quite a bit. That lyric goes a little something like this. You know, it just like... Why'd you stop? That's all I wanted. That's why I was gesturing for you to pause it. That was worth it. Fucking worth it. Real quick before we continue here. I feel like maybe we should acknowledge, like, we're not trying to like soften our review or hype up these songs because we think spider one might listen back to this episode no we're trying to get in good favor with him i mean that'd be great you know if you want to come on the show spider one we'd love to have you but uh no this is like i genuinely enjoyed listening to this album i was i was kind of dreading it if only because on this show the pattern of album reviews are if you listen to a good album, count your lucky stars because yeah, that's not rare, but you know something bad's going to be around the corner. Sure. Now, if you have two great albums in uh, a row, two like like monumental albums, yeah, back to back, Biscuit and Slipknot, yeah, that third one's got to be. A I was stinker, thinking another right? Bolt Upright was coming around the corner, <laughs> and then you said this, and I was like, "Fuck yes, I okay. love this album." Oh, like, interesting. Because yeah. I listen again. I had this album. And I listened to the fuck out of it when I was younger. Nice. Okay. Welcome. I say younger. I mean, I was in my kind of later teens, I guess, when this came yeah, out. Yeah, but I mean, still, I mean, 16. We're 40 years old. I mean, that's right. a lifetime ago at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to track eight. Those people that we graduated with are grandparents now, right? Oh, they got to be, yeah. There were, right. pe- there were like one person uh, who was very much a, like, a Bible thumper yeah. in our graduating class mm-hmm. whom uh, got pregnant. Before I believe we graduated, yeah. Therefore, her child was a fully grown adult by the time we went to our twenty-year reunion. Now, I don't think this person was at that reunion, but just the idea of that, you know, she she was very much like, like you can be a Christian all you want, that's fine, but don't like put your beliefs on other people, yeah, you know, and then you know judge them because of it, and then you get knocked up. 
I know that there, there was a lot of girls that we went to school with that mm-hmm. uh, did the uh, the old butthole loophole. Yeah. <laughs> God's blind spot. Like, you think that's better? Yeah. I mean, look, hit me up, but like, it's not better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm down. Uh huh. But that's not better. No, it's <laughs> not. Yeah, that's like <laughs> anal is like way more advanced than. I was gonna vaginal. say, like, if you if you had a daughter and you heard that she was sexually active, you'd be like, oh god, like you wouldn't. Depends. Even even if you are uh fairly like it's uh, me or <laughs> god. It's like a mama's and the papa situation. Jesus, Jesus. Christ. Uh, but like even the most like forward thinking, like liberal adults, like you would feel some kind of way about it because you don't see your kids that way. So it's going to be right. like semi unnerving, but sure. The first be, time is going to be kind of, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. But yeah. like once you hear about it, like after given time, like all things you are details. Yeah, you watch the video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, that's bad enough. But then if you hear, Oh, but don't worry. She only fucks in her butt. <laughs> like, it's got to be so much worse, you know? I'd be like, like daughter, like father. <laughs> honey, how do you think you got here? You ash a cigar in her face. Look, look, honey, we we come from a long line of Germans. This is normal. <laughs> okay. Pretty Honestly, soon... you're going to get into kinky stuff later in life, and uh, it'll be a different thing. Yeah. Look, I... Uh, Urine's right around the corner. Just be ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, fisting. Uh-huh. Just, just get used to it. Okay. Yeah. We're German. This is our heritage. Mm-hmm. Okay? How many halibut do you think you can fit right now? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> I'm your dad, okay? <laughs> Father's knows best. Yeah. You don't want to learn this on the streets. Um, so next up, we've got an interesting little ditty here. Yes. Uh, track the eight. son of X51. Yes. Now... For people out there who may not be aware, mm-hmm. X-51, a.k.a. The Machine Man, a.k.a. Yeah. Aaron Stack. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know this, but do you know where X-51 first appeared? Uh, it was in a, a, a licensed comic, right? 2001 A Space Odyssey. There we go. Yeah. Drawn by one Mr. Jack Kirby. Yeah. And I believe Steve... Wait, wait, wait. Steve Ditko drew Machine Man like later... Down the yes. line, right? Okay. Yes. I was conflating him. Uh, but uh, I feel like Thanos showed up in an issue of 2001 as well. Or some licensed comic like that. It wouldn't uh, shock me. Yeah. There anyway. was some weird crossovers back then. But yes. Yeah. So so Jack Kirby, the creator of X-51, which I'm sure, Spider, you already know this. <laughs> Not news to you. Um, he stopped listening to this immediately when we started talking <laughs> yeah. about bullshit at the beginning. But uh, uh, no, no, I fucking love X-51, um, especially his next wave appearance. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I love that there's a fucking, I mean, the, the name of the album is uh, based on a, a Gardner Fox story. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, then you've got a song named after a Jack Kirby character. I mean, look. Uh, this guy knows this stuff, right? If if he's not schooling us on George Reeves Superman, uh, right? Then he's he's, he's spanking dropping our butts. This. just casually, just casually, just like oh, here's some quick info, dopes. Yeah, you fucking ding dongs. Well, it's the worst thing you can say to a person, you know. He ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. All right, here's son of X fifty one. Is this the Star Trek lady? No, 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 no. no. 
I kind of expected this one to be like a slow and plodding type of mid-tempo song just based on the title. But no. they fucking go for it, you know? This is a chugger right here. Uh, this is going to shock you, but I was wrong about Thanos. He first appeared in The Invincible Iron Man number 55, so... Ooh, whoopsie. Was that with the Thanos chopper? Thanos uh, copter? May, I, I don't know if it was that particular issue, but... Yeah. Wasn't that an issue of Deadpool? Or maybe they just, like, brought it back. They brought it the back. Joke? It's, 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 in a, it's in, from an old comic, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is all about, like... like Robots, you know, so it's it's like kind of emotional, but it's about robots, which I can I can relate to a lot more. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it, it just to to pull an X fifty one reference out, it's just bravo. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Barry Windsor Smith uh, did the art for like an X fifty one miniseries. Oh, really? I forget who, who wrote it, but. Uh, yeah, Barry, f- fucking Barry Windsor Smith, and the colors, like, and you know that Barry Windsor Smith, with his inking and coloring, when he does the whole shit and shebang, mm-hmm. it looks wild. Goddamn. Uh, he put out a, a a graphic novel a couple years ago called mm-hmm. Monster or Monsters, Ooh. something like that. But it was like twenty years in the making or something like that, Fuck. and then it like got universal acclaim when it came out because it's like supposed to be that good. I haven't uh, bought it yet, but I, I need to acquire it. Yeah, okay. I, I haven't even seen it out in stores to like pick it up and like flip through it or whatever. Yeah, I've heard nothing about it. I figured I would have heard something. Mm-hmm. Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, Man, he's got a he's got a fairly light body of work, really. Yeah, uh, but I mean, understandable because the amount of detail he puts in is goddamn ridiculous. Yeah, he did uh, Wolverine, uh, like his origin. I can't remember what that. Weapon X, right? Is it just Weapon, Weapon X? X? Yeah. Okay. He did that. Um, Rune, the vampire through the Ultraverse, we all remember. It's wild. That's part of his. <laughs> Who could forget? Hey, no one. Yeah. I won't let people forget. People need to know about Sylvia Massey, the producer of the Tool albums, and then <laughs> yeah. Rune, the vampire from Malibu Comics. Um, I like this song. Uh, It, it goes in some, like, wild directions from what I was expecting, I guess. Just, just like, picturing the Machine Man from Marvel Comics listening to the song didn't quite compute, you know? Hey. But, I don't know. But uh, I do like that song a lot. Uh, the, to- the Most of these titles fucking kick ass. They do, um, truly, yeah. I do wonder if the son of X-51 is just named X-52, or is it, like, X-51 Jr.? You know, like when you run into people who are like juniors in life, you're like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it was an update. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But like, yeah, they just can't think of another name. So they're like, I don't know. I guess my name again. I I don't fucking know. Just throw a JR after it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If anybody's interested in X51, um, I urge you to go out and check out Next Wave. Yeah. Um, a good one. By Warren Ellis and Stuart Eminem. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fucking one of my all-time favorite comics, mm-hmm. um, uh, comic series. It's a I think it's just twelve issue limited series. And yeah. You get a whole entire story. You don't need to know anything before. Nothing really comes after. You get a pretty much self-contained story. I mean, the mm-hmm. characters move on, you know, to different places. But you get you get an entire front-to-back story on there. And if you're a comic book fan and you have some. Some some comic book knowledge you you will find like layers to it yeah like Forbish Man shows up okay <laughs> right. if that gets you excited mm-hmm. if you know what Forbish Man is go buy this comic book and if you mm-hmm. don't 
Educate yourself, you fucking heathen. Yeah. Man, if you don't think a superhero can wear a pot on its head, get fucked. Oh, my God. Seriously. That's seriously. Can you even call yourself a human? That's seriously. Yeah. I'm not joking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Operate. Annihilate. I love the bass on this. Do you? Yeah. Sounds like something you would do. It does. <laughs> I love that uh, little, uh, little echo. My, my dog has a kennel cough. Oh, so maybe that's what people are hearing in the background. They do this like weird honking cough thing. Not Parvo, is it? No. Okay. No. No. They've been to the vets and everything, so they're coming out of it or whatever. It's like a cold, little puppy cold. Yeah. I get it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, song's got kind of like a... Like a plodding kind of... It feels like the intro to, to like, uh, Dracula 2000 or something like that, you know? Yeah. But On in this a good part. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But by the time we get to the chorus... So, like, it, it kind of, like, starts to ramp up a little bit here. Like, the music part of it reminds me of the Mortal Kombat theme a little bit. Yeah. And, like, they were very much, like, rock plus techno, those soundtracks. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. Been in perfect yeah, yeah. it would have been great. Absolutely. I mean, Pitch Shifter was on it, right? So. You know, another fun fact about um, X-51? What's that? A.K.A. the Machine Man. Um, canonically, he got his powers because he's... Have you seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? No. It's on my list to uh, to get to. Do you know what the monolith is? Uh-huh. Canonically, X-51, like, gained his sentience through seeing the monolith. Oh, really? Um, and they continue that into Marvel Comics. Because Marvel Comics published the, the uh, graphic novelization of 2001. Mm. Um, so I don't know if they were just able to, like, keep it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I just think that's funny that, like, you could make an argument that 2001 A Space Odyssey is like canonically 616 Marvel. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Um, I choose to believe that it is. I think that's how Kubrick would have wanted it to be. Oh, he was a huge... Uh, you know how many no prizes that bitch had? <laughs> Crazy. He was just sick with them, you know? You, uh, I, if you look in the background of any of his movies, yeah. Eyes Wide Shut in particular, right. there's a bunch of old people fucking on a mattress made of no prizes. <laughs> incredible sick where can i not watch this <laughs> um uh yeah so that's a good song operate annihilate mm -hmm. i just really love that bass line keeps coming up there what do you think about the uh the overall like production of this album solid yeah i, I love production like this mm -hmm. where it's kind of messy but it's still got like that uh like that the rigidity of like electronics in there yeah um but then it it, it, it kind of goes wild with with the uh with the other instruments especially his vocals you know to have that uh really clean electronic uh production and sound behind everything and then spider who is not you know it, admittedly not like a singer singer um I, th I think his vocal performances are amazing but you know he's not like a not what you would consider a classic rock and roll singer um so I think that adds like this fun, uh, this really fun dynamic of uh, 
sort of the perfection and the the, the sterility hmm. of electronic music uh, with his sort of uh, loose uh, vocals. Yeah, it's more um, organic that way. Yeah, and then the distorted guitars and such. Uh, I think it, it, it's just a nice contrast with each other. Going back to the production notes, it looks like Scott Humphrey and then Mark LaCourt are both credited with doing some programming for this album. And I remember seeing programming for the first time inside of uh, one of the uh, the album uh, booklets no. Bo- <laughs> booklets for uh, a three eleven album it might have been like the the blue album or whatever the self-titled right and it said uh nick hexam was credited with uh programming it's like programming what is that and i understand that it's like i kind of get it but also not like i understand it has to do with electronics but sure does that mean you just kind of like click and drag the file over to this section of the song and then quantize it and make sure it like fits with it or do you have to like sync it up with a click track in studio did they play to a click track I don't know. It doesn't seem overly, um, uh, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It doesn't sound like they're playing to a metronome or anything like that right. on this album. You know, not. I wonder if it's like, um, maybe like uh, like gathering samples and like actually like putting them into like Pro Tools or something. Mm-hmm. Would that or would that be more like mixing? But I guess mixing really is just taking the finished product and. EQing it, whereas I would think programming would be more along the lines of like actually developing the song. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I won't research it. Cool. Um, Great. We've done it yet again. <laughs> uh, let's move on to track 10 Blast Off to Nowhere featuring one Mr. Bobby Zombert. Bobby yeah. Zombie. Um, I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to see a Paramount 5000 White Zombie or Rob Zombie, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mix them up. Yeah. An album together, you know, where they do like sci fi and horror stuff, like kind of together. I think it'd be fun. Do you remember? It was like the summer of 2019. God, like it was yesterday. Uh, pandemic just on the horizon. We're all going to love what comes next. The Roaring 20s. <laughs> Donald Trump was president. Oh, God. It was a bad time. Uh, but uh, in that summer, there was. Uh, the Offspring and 311 were getting ready to go on tour, so they covered each other's songs. Oh, right. I'd love for Power Man and Zombie to do a version of that. Okay. Just like throw some singles out there just for fun, okay. you know? That would be great. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. And I'd then when that. you see them in concert, you don't allow the other band to play the song you're covering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do your best to like ruin it. You're you come out allowed to shoot that. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Fucking love Rob Zombie, man. I don't know how I missed this the first time through, you know? Yeah. Man is wild. I always wonder what it's like in the studio when you've got multiple vocalists there. Like, did Spider-1 write all of the lyrics? And then he's like, okay, Rob, you're going to sing this part. Or... Does Rob have some of the autonomy to be like, eh, what if I like change it to this or sing this this way? Or yeah, I bet Rob did his own stuff. He's his older brother, so you know if you're recording with your younger brother, you'd be like, fuck you, I'm writing my own shit. Just give him a noogie until he, until oh. he relents. Yeah, 
He Rob Zombie really goes for he it. He really does, yeah. He really gives some fucking screams on here that are killer. Yeah, it's like some uh, Thunder Kiss 65 level yeah. like uh, a, a vocal performance. I wonder if Spider One's ever been on a Rob Zombie track before. I don't think so. Not that I recall. Yeah. And I've been listening to a lot of Rob Zombie over the past several years, yeah. like catching up on his solo stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was a huge White Zombie fan back in the day, but when he went solo, I was like, Ugh, I don't like this. And uh, I've 100% turned around on that, and I really enjoy his solo stuff now. Well, I mean, that's good. That allows you to uh, change your mind later in life. You don't want to be locked into like one thing forever, you know? Fuck no. I, I actively avoid like trying to... I, I host a nostalgia podcast, but I actively <laughs> try to avoid too much nostalgia because I, I feel like it's a it's a trap for a lot of people. Yeah, I've been trying to get out of my uh, my like comfort zone a bit, but it's like trying to find the time to do so is like the biggest barrier yeah. for me because I've you know I've got multiple podcasts I have to like prep for essentially. Yeah, and I'm trying yeah. to do that, but you know. Listening to this album, a lot of fun. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is an album I had back in the day, so I guess it technically counts as nostalgia. But um, it's not something that I'm like, I'm not one of these, uh, the 90s with the peak of music, man. Like, oh, I yeah. fucking hate that shit. Like, mm-hmm. so many people our age, good music stuff in the 90s. Like, fuck off. Do you know how much good music there is out there right now? Like, good new music? Mm-hmm. Like, it's absurd. Shitting on them titties with them pissing on them titties. Exhibit A, my friend. <laughs> um, okay, next up we've got They Know Who You Are. And this song, what do you think of this song? Uh, let's go ahead and play it. Yeah. So it's, it's okay, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a later track that I'm kind of... Yeah, I mean like, you know, this album has 13 tracks on it. So it's it kind of stands to reason that at a certain point, you're going to cross that ley line of like... Yeah. Oh, okay. Line. Maybe this is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when you step on a off of a plane in Hawaii, the ley line. Okay. This chorus is like intense. <laughs> the chorus is intense. Yeah. Yeah. Huge contrast from the verse. But then, yeah. I, and I, I like the dynamics on it. I just uh, has it really like grabbed me. But again. I like it. I still like it. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. There's just. There's really no bad song on this album. No. You truly, know, truly uh, there are not. certainly ones I like better than others, but I do feel like this is a concert song for sure. Right. Oh, this like would be incredible. Life. Like on yeah. the verses, you like have everyone like calm down and yeah. then everyone goes fucking ass tits on, <laughs> on, the, on the chorus. Okay. I want you motherfuckers to go ass tits on this next part. <laughs> I'm see ass and titty <laughs> flying in the air. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, the Instagram account Catatonic Youths? No. Just check it out. It's uh, finding like the worst, most cringy uh, musicians <laughs> uh, on the internet. Oh boy. And um, there was one that was posted uh, the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait a second, I know that place. Hold on. I start looking 
And I look in the background, and the DJ, my old roommate, good old Doc Freeman. And I'm like, what? I'm like, wait a second. And I text him, and I send him the video, and I'm like, hey, uh, bro, is, uh, <laughs> is that you? <laughs> he posts back, he's like, yeah, I'm the house DJ that night, so I uh, kind of had to be there for that one. Oh he was boy. like, but I was trying to uh, kind of obscure my face from that. <laughs> oh, no. It was this, uh, it was this white woman with dreads rapping about like, essential oil is the way to cure your soul and you will get that. You know, like, um, I am the god, I am the lotus goddess. Like, it was my butthole cringe so hard it like pulled my hair off like it was like the, the, i was fucking mortified watching it and um but they're like a really big really big uh instagram account mm -hmm. and uh it was just great seeing <laughs> seeing my Your pal on there. roommate of 15 years pop up and i'm like what why, <laughs> why are you doing what are you doing with this woman <laughs> yeah <laughs> who is this crazy dreaded white woman uh, and he was just like, I, I had to be there. And he was like, I was, I, he was like the whole time I was like trying to duck my face down. I don't know. I mean, she uh, had a really good funny. point when she said, it's truly better down where it's wetter under the sea, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean. And she did it in the voice and everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, but the, like more. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm impersonating uh, Chet Hanks. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Unproblematic human Chet, <laughs> Chet Hanks. Uh, so here we are on the last couple of tracks for this album, right? So yeah. we've gotten through 11 tracks so far. First one's an intro, then 10 like original songs. So here well, we are. Was, there was one, it was, I, I, I guess kind of original. Oh yeah, that's right. The, the he did a little thing. bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a hip hoppy mm. rappy thing at the end there. Yeah. But it was a shorter song, but, uh, this is, this is a cover, a cover song, which they, uh, looking forward in, in their discography, they, um, really, lean into covers they have an entire album that is covers uh um, oh, yeah. check it out next week we'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit more uh but they have an entire album that is all covers and it's a fucking banger front to back but apparently like on most of their albums that i was looking they have quite a few albums i wasn't even aware of mm -hmm. uh, but they do have a lot of covers on them so i think they really really enjoy playing covers um and they're good at them i kind of like really when bands do that you know oh fuck yeah absolutely. i think hate breed did something like that where they covered like some like metal bands Oh, wow. In a hardcore style. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So here we are, track 12, Good Times Roll, featuring DJ Lethal. Hey. Hey, DJ Lethal. Where are you going? Come back. Here in my car, I'm still a DJ. I am driving my car. Its wheel is like a record in a car. Uh, Yeah, this is a cover of the song originally performed by The Cars. Because cars I love this little like noise on it, you know? Yeah. 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 That reminds me a lot of uh Bleed with uh Soulfly. Oh yeah. Did we cover that album? I think we did, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we covered it. Yeah. We oh, covered it. We're in our forgetful area. Uh-huh of our lives here. Um, I like this cover a lot. Oh, yeah. I think this is 
Like, we have to do an episode of New Metal Covers at some point, right? What We need to get, like, a few more years in. But, yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like this could have made it to air. I don't understand why this wasn't a radio single. Uh, they probably had to pay royalties if they... If it, I don't know. Maybe if they made it a single? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know where the, like promotion for this album kind of broke down but I feel like this was a missed opportunity because other bands were doing it right this part fucking kicks ass sure yeah oh yeah the lethal lethal scratch part man he, he also has a looking guitar right there it's crazy dude. <laughs> Brent's got his knife out he's, he's going ass tits for sure <laughs> Yeah, this is good stuff. Up in the air. I like that a lot of the uh, the movie and TV references for. Uh, the Cummings Boys is from the 50s, but then he's covering the song from the 70s. Like there's a, a 20 year yeah, gap. Be 70s, you know? Yeah. I wonder if they ever considered covering like a song from the 50s where it's like, guys, we have to do Let's Go to the Hop or whatever, you know? Yeah. Do some yeah, like yeah. Joey Checker shit. <laughs> Okay, so um, this is kind of wrapping up here. While, while we lead into the next one, are, are you familiar with this next song here? Uh, I was not until I listened to it. Do you know any any uh, behind-the-scenes background or anything on this next song here? Uh, no, you're talking about the 13th track? Yeah. Uh, I've just done the research that Wikipedia has provided for me okay. for this particular album's okay. page. That was it, so... Well, wow, this really has a uh, long Got a build up it. to it. <laughs> yeah. Trying uh, to this fill is still a bus the end to it. Of good times roll. This is not the. We're not into the next song yet. Right, I know. Um, but uh, yes, the, the the next song is quite interesting. I I thought so sonically. I was like, oh, this is like a, a huge de- that. Uh, departure, right? So, uh, track thirteen. About wa- to roll into it here. Watch the throne. Oh wait, no, that was uh Watch the sky for me. Watch the sky for me. Featuring Gingerfish so, and Malachi Throne. Oh, it is yeah. kind of a Watch the Throne then. So, um, I was listening to this and I'm like, yeah. wait a second. Like, I know this from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So this is it. It is sampling uh, Vangelis's "One More Kiss, Dear." From the Blade Runner soundtrack. I've never seen Blade Runner. It's another blind spot for me. <laughs> really? I've I've never seen it. I've owned it for years on iTunes. I've uh, you've never yet seen to watch it. Blade Runner twenty forty nine either. No, correct. I've I've seen some uh, clips if you know what I mean. You know, Anna De Armas. Oh, there we go. Anna De Armas is 
one of the most attractive He's, human beings. Uh, top lived. five for me. You gotta watch. Okay, you gotta watch the first one. Uh huh. And you gotta watch the second one. Do it, should I jack off to both? Incredible movies. That's what I hear. Yeah. Like the first one um, is largely visuals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, I know this, I know this, and I started looking into it, and sure enough. It was from Vangelis's um, uh, uh, "One More Kiss, Dear." Is this a prominent song in Blade Runner? Uh, it's played in like uh, like a bar scene, so it's not like super noticeable in the movie. Mm -hmm. But I listen to the soundtrack a lot. Uh, Vangelis is like a one of the most underrated um, musicians uh, of the past like fifty years. Like he, he the man is just. To say he's a genius is like an understatement. He's like truly one of the most incredible musicians who've ever lived. Well, yeah, I they mean, they base the anime on him. Yeah, Neon, Neon Genesis, Genesis Vangelion. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, and then, then him singing over, I was just like, wow, this is. I love this. This is the melody he's singing to. Yes. Like, is it a? What is it in the movie? Is it just like music? Yes. And it's he's just singing music. to that melody? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then he's singing uh, over it. Um, but it's just... It, it, I love it because you're like, kind of like, wait, this doesn't fit with any of the rest. This is like a completely like left field. Like, what is this? Why is he singing like a lounge song? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's a Vangelis cover or a Vangelis sample who from the Blade Runner soundtrack mm -hmm. and then it like okay like the si the whole like sci-fi thing comes yeah. back around on yeah. it and it's like I, I just I just fucking I, I fucking adore it yeah I, I mean this the song is super pleasant to me like when I got yeah. to this point in the album I was like oh I'm kind of having a good time like I wasn't paying attention to like what track number I was on or whatever yeah and I got to this I was like oh is this like a little interlude kind of like on that uh, first Sugar Ray album where they had just like right. these weird little like snippets I love those this started playing and i was like oh this is kind of fun it's like almost like elevator music you know yeah and i thought it was going to be a bridge to something different but it it kind of hit me in a way similar to when i heard the tuba on that system of a down song yeah but it's like <laughs> the fucking audacity of them to do like a loud song of this but like in a very good way and uh, another credit to this song is it doesn't overstay its welcome it's just like what three minutes and change long yeah and uh, it's it's in and out it's kind of a, a fun like easy way to end the album and mm -hmm. then much to power man 5000's credit they also have a hidden track on here but it's not a separate selectable one we're actually letting this play out yes as we speak here and uh they preserve that hidden track uh, just for the hell of it, I guess. I don't know if maybe it's a, it was their choice or someone else's, but I kind of like... Here we go. Yeah. Is this uh, Malachi Throne again? I don't know. It sounded like he, his voice got like digitized or whatever. They follow up this like kind of just happy love uh -huh. song with this just like nightmare. Yeah. I love it. But this is like kind of what you want to follow. Like yeah. for a last song, Absolutely. you want this to follow like that easy listening you just had. Yeah. You just got like this electronic chaos afterward. 
It's fucking great. It's good. This uh, hidden track is called The World of the Dead. Oh, I didn't know there was a name for it. That's cool. It has a name. It had a name. You lie. Do I? People love this. <laughs> well, they're talking turtles out there. Hell oh, yeah, dude. Well, that is everything. That's tonight, the Stars Revolt they by Power Man 5000, PM5K. By the way, do you think, like, back in the heyday of Power Man, do you think they ever, like, uh, thought about hosting a run? They're going to have the, the Power Man 5K for, like, charity or whatever? Maybe they should. Yeah, they should. That'd be fun. My wife and I just walked a 5K this past weekend. Yeah. No big deal. You know, it's race for the cure for breast cancer. Are are we heroes? I don't know. Who's to say? Me. I, well, we're, we're basically heroes, you know? I mean, you know. Certainly a euro. <sighs> Tasty ass. Oh, boy. Um, so they won, like, what was it? A, a Boston, uh, like, a, a, a best band, Boston best band or something like that? <laughs> Most... Tea thrown into the Boston Harbor. Most most tea thrown in the Boston uh-huh. Harbor. Okay, uh, right. It was We're like gonna a, need more Liptons. <laughs> get the rope. <laughs> um, but they 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 uh, what was it like a Boston? Uh, they were yeah they. I'm sorry. I, yeah, uh, I closed up. I I will find that. Uh, they. It was, like a, it was like a. Yeah, uh, the album won Boston Music Awards for Album of the Year in 2000. Yeah, and then uh, Worlds Collide was nominated for Single of the Year, but uh, I'm guessing and did then, not win. And then I think at the at the Boston Marathon they played um, Drop the Bombshell. Oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All berries. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I took the, I made the connection in my head and I couldn't not say it. <laughs> you said the Power Man 5K and I was like, all right, yep. I don't know where I got to go Here with we this. go. Yep. I'm linking them up. I was purposely trying to avoid it and then there you were, wind beneath my wings. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm white. I can't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, uh, that was that album. Uh, we've yeah. reviewed it and now we're going to review it further uh, do you have any additional thoughts on Tonight the Stars Revolt? I think I got them all out, my friend. Same. That's where I'm at. Uh, one of the, the my favorite things about this album is not only is it uh, good, it's pleasant to listen to, uh, it's kind of like an album to throw on, you know? Yeah. Not sure what to listen to? Throw on this album. It's like... Not a, not a bad song on there. Exactly. And uh, it's respectful of your time. Yeah. Even with the hidden oh, track. Absolutely. 39 minutes and change. Especially doing this show, I appreciate it. 100%. Yeah. That's the case. My dread is anytime I see an album uh, that we're going to talk about that is over 10 tracks long, I'm like, fuck. And that's what I was worried about here. But, yeah. you know, that first track is less than a minute long. Right. Track, I think it was like five, is yeah. less than a minute as well. Just spoken word stuff. So they don't have any overindulgent, like, no 12 minute songs or anything. No. And then uh, the album itself has some, like, peaks and valleys sonically. And then exactly. within the songs yeah. themselves, there are peaks and valleys. So the dynamics of the, the songs kind of uh, keep your attention and keep yeah. things moving. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciated that. Um, so let's get into the album ratings. So, f- on a scale of zero to seven, guitar strings and really it's on a fret of zero to seven guitar strings uh for the new metal mm-hmm. genre where are you going to rate this power man 5000 album six wow. wow i really enjoyed this okay okay 
I pass it back to you, my friend. Well, wait. Let's let's oh, okay. let's yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. into uh, your your reason for your your rating. Um, there's like one or two songs on here that I think you know, like you could maybe trim, um, uh, and and, and uh, make it just a, just a, a, an absolutely solid. It's still a solid album. Yeah. Um, but there's one or two songs in there that I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really like doesn't really like latch into me all that all that uh, all that tightly. Uh, but every other song on there. I just think it's a fucking banger. And I love the whole sci-fi thing of it all. I love that it's like still got like a big fun, like driving beat behind everything. So you can, like you were saying, you can drive fast around in it. You can put it on, uh, when you're cleaning the house, uh, you can, you can dance to this. Like it's such a versatile album that, um, you you can put it on the background while you're working. Like it's just one of those albums that like, uh, it, it's so many uh, 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 scenarios that I just shaving your nuts, shit. You know? shaving your nuts, um, milking your prostate. <laughs> um, I do this at the same time. It's dangerous, but I I believe in myself. Yeah, um, you no. can milk any prostate with nipples. <laughs> uh, but yes, no, I. Um, I just think I just it, it brought back so many fun memories of me mm-hmm. uh, when I bought this. I was like in, in the last few years of my high school and I got in a car and um, <laughs> I was really into Dragon Ball Z at the time. Yeah. And like this was like kind of like aggressive sci fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this feels like a Dragon Ball Z like um, uh, uh, like an episode of the show. Yeah, kind yeah. of like it, and, and and there's a video where he does the little Dragon Ball Z thing. So like mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, oh, he's he's a Dragon Ball Z fan. I don't know if he is or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like to me at the time, I was like, you, you know, I hadn't seen like a a, a real life like Kamehameha, like you yeah. know, somebody do that, and he does that like in the, in the thing, and I'm like, this guy fucking gets it, man, and um. Uh, like I wanted to dress like them, uh, I couldn't because I'm, I would get murdered for looking like a <laughs> fucking freak in Oklahoma. Um, but uh, I, I just I it brought back so many things. Admittedly, I haven't listened to them in a long time, mm-hmm. not for any particular reason, just because I've listened to other things. Yeah. Um, but going back and listen to this, I haven't done it in probably 20 years, and I just had uh, a ball of a time. Uh, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. So, yeah. How about you? That makes sense. Uh, I'm going to give this one a five. And Respectable. Yeah. I hope so. I hope it sounds that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, a seven's a perfect score. Like, that's... Yeah. Reserve, we, and we take that... We take those sevens seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't dole those out for anything. Yeah. So... And, and a six is, is still, like, really high. So a five is, like, mm-hmm. better than average for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I I would say what I mean it's like a like a B minus maybe yeah and I don't think there's anything wrong with this album I think uh, if I had listened to to this album back in the day I would have had nostalgia for it right much like my precious bolt upright album that I like and then uh, both you and Dave not fans of nope but I do have such nostalgia for that that it it brings those warm feelings back I, I get it I, I don't it. have that it. for this album but I'm going to leave room open for uh, listening to this album more throughout my life and, you know, having, Excellent. having those uh, building up those feelings going forward. So I'm going to go with a, a five. I, I kind of feel like you do where there's not a, an actual bad song on this album, yeah. but there are certain things where I'm like, ah, I'll probably just like 
scoot forward to the next track. It, it, exactly. There's one or two songs on there that I would I would just I would skip over, and mm-hmm. so it, it's hard. I I can't give it a seven based on that. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like Slipknot last week or week before last one. I gave it a six instead of a seven, and mm-hmm. it was not because I didn't think it deserved a seven. It was more just like my my feelings towards it. Like if someone were to give it a seven, I'd be like makes total you give it a seven. It makes total sense i 100 percent don't i would not disagree with you at all but um it, it, it just i take my seven seriously yeah i try to as well you yeah. know um uh, there's a, a feeling you get in your chest and your heart and your nuts you know yeah it's just prostate it's just, prostate oh my god i got a prostate can you milk me <laughs> yeah. does that make the movie better yes mm-hmm. factually yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> the eyebrow lift you were doing just now um so yeah i think uh yeah those are pretty solid scores i would, oh, I would hope especially so, up yeah, from totally. like uh like two and three from the the previous album that uh that's what uh, you and i rated that so uh yeah, yeah. so six five look we're all friends here you oh, know absolutely and this uh, is not pandering no now if if spider one wanted to come on the show I mean, I'd be willing to look straight down the barrel of a seven. You know what I'm saying? Look, Spider, if you're listening, mm-hmm. we would love to have you on. Absolutely. I'll reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, I just want to talk about comic books with you, man. Yeah, uh, it like doesn't legit, even have to. Like, I don't even, like, we can talk about your band if you like. If you want to promote some of your stuff, I, I 100%. But I want to talk to comic books about with, with you, man. Like, I seriously. And like old sci-fi movies, like that's my wheelhouse. I would absolutely fucking love to, to, to do that. Yeah. Do you think that's weird for bands or musicians? Like over time, like sure. Like starting out, you want to like talk about your band and, you know, kind of represent yourself, but over time, maybe you get wore out about kind of being asked the same questions exactly. over and over and like just having to, the same What's it like being Rob Zombie's little brother. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, like uh, it has to be like getting asked about like, so what kind of copy paper do you use? Do you just, right. You use soft eggshell? I love yeah. a good hard eggshell. Or if I feel a naughty? Yeah. yeah. Cream. <laughs> I want him to tell me all your thoughts on Gardner Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could have a conversation beyond music even. Exactly. So. Totally. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah I, I honestly would prefer to talk to about comic books with him. Yeah. Which... There's going to be like new metal people who are like, whoa, they got Spider One. They're going to talk about new metal. And they come on and it's just like, hey, what do you. <laughs> so, what do you think about RDC Max lettering? It's pretty good, right? Bill Finger, right? You're a Bill Finger guy. Right? <laughs> you're a Bill Finger guy. Okay. You're a Bill Finger guy. Yeah. Like any any person who's a good person is a Bill Finger guy. Exactly. You, know? you got to be a goddamn psychopath to be a Bob Kane fan. Oh, my God. Absolutely. We've lost what a charlatan. Ninety nine percent of our audience. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. Well, let's uh, let's try to get him back. So, uh, where is new metal at this point? So we've just come off of uh, uh, colossal albums by uh, Limp Biscuit, Slipknot, Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah. Where are we at Look, in the, man, the timeline? We're, we're on fucking TRL. These guys are selling out shows. Like uh, this the is Woodstock's burning to the ground. Burning to the ground <laughs> right now. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think this is just uh, we're, we're still at the we're still at the peak. I don't think we're gonna see a dip for for a while. This is this is the dominant um, at least at least in the rock and roll sphere. This is the dominant uh, kind of sound. Now, of course, you know, obviously 
Powderman 5000 is much different than Limp Biscuit, who is much different than, you know, Slipknot, who is different than Sugar Ray. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's it, it's a big tent. And I think that's yes. a thing that a lot of people uh, kind of have a problem with where they just go like Corn and Limp Biscuit or New Metal and that's it. Um, but I think you can put these guys into the new metal thing. I mean, they played tours with them. Like, yeah. um, they were absolutely in that scene. And so I think, again, new metal is more of like a scene than it is like a rigid set of like instructions on how you have to play this one genre of music. Yeah. New metal is way more diverse than people will give it credit for. Way you know? more diverse. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's how you weed out the bad ones. Like, yeah. there, I can't remember which one it was now, but there was some podcast that you and I both, uh, both listened to where one of the hosts had uh, mentioned, oh, yeah, I watched the Woodstock 99 documentary and like oh yeah that's like when uh uh limp biscuit caused the fires or something like that I'm like well did you watch it or not because it clearly lays it out Doughboys? it it could have been Doughboys. it could have been th- blank check or something like that I, yeah. I don't know but it was like one of those one of those sure, things sure, where sure, it's sure. like you guys it was like two white guys on a podcast talking about nerdy stuff yeah it's a, can you imagine i don't know if i <laughs> I can't think of a single podcast I've listened to <laughs> that is too nerdy white guys talking about nerdy mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. No. I'll show you my backboard collection. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it has a magazine size. got some Silver Age comics. And for the record, we are not two white guys. That's right. I'm only part white. Well, you know, and I got a little bit of Mediterranean in me, so mm-hmm. it's kind of not white. <laughs> you let me lick your euro earlier. Yeah. A hundred years ago, I wouldn't have been considered white. True story. Well, fucking... Because uh, I got too much uh, Mediterranean in me, and they didn't consider that true white. Fucking Cthulhu's dad has some words for you. Well, HP. <laughs> let's uh, let's go toad it, though. D- yeah. Did you... Uh, uh, you read the uh, uh, Planetary, didn't you, by Warren Ellis? Yeah, at the... Uh, Omnibus over here somewhere. Uh, I love the part where um, they they kill H.P. Lovecraft for being a racist piece of shit. See, I need to go back and reread this because the first time I read it, I bought the Omnibus. I heard nothing but good things. I read it. I was like, I kind of get the references, but I didn't really know where the story was going. Mm-hmm. I need to go back and reread it to That's like pick up on phenomenal. all those things. It does phenomenal. drive me fucking nuts that they put all the specials at the back, I like know. the crossovers, because yeah. it, some of the shit like, the takes place in the middle. It's ah, it's frustrating. God damn it, DC. I have the uh, I have the trades, uh, the paper trades, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like volume one, volume two, and then it's like the the crossovers, yeah. and then it's three and four. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm considering just pulling the trigger on the omnibus because I, I gotta have it. It's my it's one of my favorite comics of all time. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. um, so new metal at this point. New metal at this point still uh, doing well. Fucking riding high, man. We're on TRL. We're all over the place. Yeah. Life is good right now. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Sorry, that's gross. It's staying in. Be um, so uh, before we get to our plugs and everything, I want to plug yeah. something else. This is for one of our friends, uh, the uh, the one of the hosts of the Terror Table. Boozy has a Kickstarter going on right Boozy? now. Boozy. He is getting ready to uh, uh, shoot his own film. Hell yes. So I don't know if you've heard about this. I just heard about this from my friend Steven on Let's Talk About Stuff. Uh, He has a Kickstarter for his uh, horror film, 
Abhorrent that is, uh, I guess, slated to come out in like uh, dis- late December 2024 or something like that. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I I just want to put that out there for any of our uh, friends who want to, uh, any of our listeners who want to go and support that. Yeah. Please do so. Every little bit uh, helps them get closer to that goal, also which he's, out- he's already blown past. But, uh, oh. you know. Get you, hell yeah! Get you some, uh, some shout outs. Now, now how closely was he involved in the in the Druid's hand? He was pretty. No, he wasn't involved. Oh, he in wasn't that involved at all. In no, that, that was that was, okay, Mitch's that was thing, just yeah. strictly Mitch's thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're, they're they're friends, and I'm sure they'll they'll probably share some, um, uh, uh kind of like I'm sure there'll be some DNA crossing over between the two because they seem pretty simpatico with each other. So at at one point, one of the people picks up uh, a severed hand. And is like, is this a Druids? And then they're like, uh, <laughs> probably not. And they just like toss it behind them. Yeah. Uh, but Druids Hand, the Druids Hand, go check that out. Um, yeah, that's on a, uh, YouTube right now. Mitch Oliver's uh, mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. His fucking thing, whatever. Um, no, but uh, definitely go check those out. Support those guys. Um, uh, we, and uh, I, look, I may potentially, maybe be involved in a movie coming up we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. it's still early well, I don't know it's a snuff film i'm shooting later tonight yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh i'm actually writing the script for it right now so um uh it, who knows if it's ever gonna happen you know most of these things don't but hey maybe, maybe this one will so does it have a prostate milking scene it does it? not well uh it does, it does have, now it does have a lot of incest though so well i mean i'm german so it's okay look if uh you really want to get this movie made i want to see a prostate milking scene in this movie <laughs> I don't know. I just stick I want it to be pivotal Literally. to the plot. You cannot cut around it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh god. Uh, on next week's episode, like Ross mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, we talk a little bit more about Power Man Five Thousand. We, uh, yep. uh, you've got a, a few extra songs uh, from. Um, kind of going into a little bit of a rabbit hole. So, it, yeah, it, I actually think it's pretty interesting. So, go check it. Check that one out next yeah. week. Yeah, sure. it's it's not necessarily stuff from later albums per se. No, but it's just kind of like some uh, additions to the yeah. Power Man Five Thousand canon. And uh, we talk about that. We try a new do. You'll never guess what kind it is because we didn't guess. Nope, couldn't have guessed until we figured it out, and then uh, through a Google search, and then we we're like, oh, yeah, that's sense. what it is. Yep. yep. That clicks. Check it out. And don't worry, it is cum colored. So Yay! that's next week. And then after that, Ross, we've got yet another album review. What? Now, look, let's talk about the schedule for October. You and I had a, a powwow about this. It's okay yeah. if I say powwow. Mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of Indian, but you know. It's one of them. Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah. So uh, we are going to do an album review on our next album. This is going to happen on October 20th. So we've got a few weeks before we get there, right? So on the 20th, we are going to discuss the fundamental elements of Southtown by P.O.D. P.O.D. Payable on death. That's what that means. Yeah. I thought I meant piss on dicks. It can be both. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. As the Lord has decreed it, you must pee on this dick. Amen. You know how like people can't lick their own elbows? Uh, science also says you can't pee on your own dick. That's what science. That's just science. Be crazy. Oh, he's trying it. He's trying to lick it. Yep. Nope. Can't do it. He's he's still trying trying to. God reach. damn it! I was close. Yep, you're close. Only Gene Simmons can. I guess I don't know. I'll do it. I'll yeah. fucking figure it out. Of <laughs> science, break my arms. <laughs> I come over next week with a severed arm. Like, look, bitch. <laughs> I pass out before I can leave. Blood loss. 
yep. so that's Beauty. the album we're going to discuss next. It's going to happen on October 20th, so check that out. That's going to be on the uh, Spotify playlist. You can find that in the notes. You can also find all of our contact information yeah. in the notes. Uh, if you have something you want to uh, point us toward, like a suggestion or a topic you want us to cover, let us know. Hit us up on social media. Uh, email us. Let us know, and we'll uh, we'll take that under advisement. And uh, we appreciate you continuing to listen. And we would appreciate it if you pass the word on to your friends. Uh, maybe uh, make a post about the nudist colony on social media. Uh, you know, add it to your reel or story or whatever you kids are doing. You know, yeah. Uh, add tell Tom from MySpace to uh, give us a shout out on his shout out. website. You know, yeah, one of those things. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's all of the housekeeping we have to do today, Ross. Yeah. Anything else for you? Good <laughs> Bye. Bye. Fantastic. Uh, bye.